How long do you think it's going to be before episode two releases? Um, I actually don't know. I mean, hopefully a month, like one each month. Dude, you got to you got to stop muting your mic. You got to stop muting your mic or something. Because every time I'm you not mute, touching it, and you're breaking up so much that I can't barely understand what you're saying. Okay, I'm recording now. Can yes. you hear me? Yeah, you stop trying to move that mic. Did you order yeah. the arm and all that stuff for that mic? All right, thank God. <clears throat> all right, we're gonna go in three, two. Nitro, nitro, nitro is the glory. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast with your host tonight, Keenan White, aka Lefty the Great, and if you are unlucky, the Finnish village idiot, JQ. This is the RC Podcast with no name, but plenty of content. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some serious bench racing. Yes, indeed, Nitro is the glory, but E-Buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 85 of the No Name RC Podcast. I'm your host, Keenan White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, who I have some very... I have to kind of put him in his place this week. But joining us is uh, my sidekick, my side biatch, Joseph JQ Quaygrain, otherwise known as Beaker or Rupert or Captain Asshole, whatever you want to say. He has multiple nicknames. And Bollock Nose. What's up? Hello? Are you there? Are you ignoring me already? Oh, I'm anyway, I'm ignoring guys. You. Uh, okay. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. There you go. Yeah, you got a mouse click. Hello, everybody. So we it's um you know it's a little bit unusual. We are late this week. We did have a I did have a tropical storm come by and knock out my electricity on Thursday when Joseph and I were supposed to record. It's actually Sunday morning as we record. We had power outages this morning that kind of delayed us, but we're finally getting together and to record. So we I do apologize for this being late, but I did post up the the audio from the call-ins that we did this weekend with Seth freaking Van Dalen uh, and Wally Builds on the NNRC hotline brought to you by Techno. Uh, before I go on any further, I want to shout out and say thank you to all of the NNRC squad from around the world, all the listeners who uh, who tune into this podcast and support us. Without you guys, none of this is possible. I appreciate all the support. Um, and yeah, we just we just can't do it without you, man. And Keep liking, keep sharing this podcast. Check out our Instagram page. Check us out on Twitter. I don't use Twitter much, but definitely our Facebook page. Good is to get that up to 3,000 likes. Good is to get 1,500 followers on IG or more by the end of the year. So get to our page. Help us with content. Hashtag the NNRC. Hashtag NNRC squad. Hashtag Nitrous to Glory. When you guys make posts, I greatly appreciate all of that. Shout out to all of our patrons. Uh, if you, you know, without these guys, they help keep these bills paid, they help keep my bills paid. I definitely appreciate those guys going the extra mile uh, without those guys. Like, uh, trust me. So if you're interested in being a patron, you can check it out. 
in the written description. I greatly appreciate it. They got early release of this week's podcast. But I'll tell you who the guest is in a minute. Shout out to all of our awesome sponsors that are RCMX Online, Techno RC, Beach RC, JQ Racing, JQ Threads, Wally Builds, uh, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, Rob's Oil, and www.manscape.com. Thank you to these awesome countries, companies, sorry, that advertise with us. If you are interested in advertising with us on the podcast, you can. I mean, we're, you know, we're doing promotion for everything. We're doing a promotion for the Summer Sizzler race as well. Uh, thank you to them coming up here on Labor Day. And uh, our guest this week is, you know, I'm nicknaming all these, these drivers, Joseph. So our guest this week is the Polish Punisher, Mikhail Orlowski. Nice, nice young man. Nice young man. And I'm so glad to see him running Nitro. Uh, great conversation with him. He seems very mature. For eight, like it's hard to think that he's 18 years old, but he's been racing that long. He was a world champion at what, thir 13? I mean, uh, uh, Ifmar, oh shit, uh, Efra, two wheel drive world champion at, or was it two wheel drive or four wheel drive? You're just fucking. Ah, I messed that all up. Efra oh, is European, European Championships, first of all, and it's four wheel drive. No, I know. Yeah, four wheel drive. I mean, you, that's the last time you made a 10 scale main as well. He was his teammate. Yeah, how old is he now? Yeah, we even met uh, 18, going 19, I believe. Or just went 18, one of the two. It's so confusing because I had Seth Vendalen one as well, and he's going 19 as well. Yeah, so, so it must have been like 13, 14, anyone. Uh, yeah. I can't remember when that was. Yeah, he wasn't the youngest. We, we actually talked about it. I think Jorn, 13, and I think Jorn's got him by a few days as the youngest ever European champion. But uh, definitely a great talk with him. He's uh, he's getting ready to move over to England to go to university and work closer with Schumacher. And he's going to be busy, 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 it sounds like. So great stuff. Great freaking stuff. So, yeah, Mikhail Orlowski later on. As I said, uh, Tropical Storm Isaiah, Isaiah or whatever. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Blue Crosser in the DR Thursday knocked out. It didn't even knock out electricity. They just turned the electricity off. Like the whole North Coast was just without electricity until 2 o'clock that morning. So we were supposed to record. That didn't happen. Then we was going to record um, Friday, but you was driving to Vasa. So, yeah, Joseph, uh, you made the four-and-a-half-hour trip to Vasa, home of the best ever 10-scale worlds, as people claim it to be. Yeah, and now they also have an eight scale track. Oh yeah, good. Did you get any video of this this track? I like to see it. No. Are, have you posted? It? Okay. So what's Vasa known for anyway? Like, what's so special about Vasa? It's it's north of you, correct? Yeah, it's like halfway up Finland. Okay. I don't know what it's known for. What do people halfway up Finland do? Because you ain't got much people, but lots of land. I don't know what they do. How was your testing session at Vasa? Because you have a nationals coming up, correct? Yeah, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it was good. I liked the track there, so it was fun. And a lot of the nationals drivers went there to practice. So. Oh yeah, so Basically you like on the actually fast guys had. There, so it was good. Sweet. How did you compare to the fast guys? Yeah, well, finish level. I compare pretty well with the fast guys. <laughs> All right. Well, good. So it was a productive day of weekend of 
testing then, you would say. Yeah, that's good. Sweet, sweet, sweet. So I do have some, I do have a bone to pick with you. Um, I need you, like, I got some complaints about your, your, your attitude here. I know I've been kind of forcing to do the news thing here lately, but there's really no interesting news. So I know you totally disengaged from that. But I said to him, welcome to my world. This is how Joseph is when I'm, he's in, in person, like, you know. Sometimes you'll be talking to him and he'll be all into it. And then he just wanders. I think it's the autism in you. Like, I really think you have ADHD as well. You just assign everything to me. I have everything. Yeah. Are you, what are you eating? What are you eating? Hmm? Whale blubber? Reindeer balls or something? Yeah, I'm eating. Yeah. What do you mean? Reindeer ball? No, nothing exotic. <laughs> yeah. If I'm not, what was that? So I'm. Not enthusiastic. Yeah, yeah, like like I've been trying to do the news, right? And I know there's not much news out there. And I'm not gonna sit here and talk about freaking wow. I just was looking at some news just now, and it's someone's got one of those uh plastic toolbox like what we use, like the red one, the red ones with the clear top, and you know, where you can put part and someone's like bought one of them and said, I have to read this, it's so funny. Uh actually, let me pull it up. Like, I, I, I can't make up news that isn't there. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't really care about parts for cars and stuff like that. Like if it was a new car or something, good. Oh, yeah. Natho builds double covered parts and tool organizers. A great way to keep your RC parts and tools organized and within easy access with storage on both on, on top and bottom for super easy way for a super easy way to cut down the stuff you take to the track. It's basically just one of these damn boxes that we all use all this time. And that's why I'm not enthusiastic and excited. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. So, yeah. But yeah, you got to you got to pick it up a notch, man. We want we want Joey Q or Beaker to come out like, you know, not JQ science mode, robotic mode. Oh, by the way, Adam was a big hit. And you know what? It sounds like somebody decided to just Oh, wow. Somebody just rolled by with a serious baseline. It's Sunday and it's early. So people trying to get their party time in before. You should get Adam on for the news. Um, you should only actually, have me on I... this podcast for the rant. A setup question. And maybe if it's like anal reviewing a race or something. I actually think I would like to get Adam on for a rant. Yeah. That would be. But he was a hit. People liked him and uh, found his stories fast. So definitely got to get him back on. I think we need to get him and Dagani on at the same time. That'd be good. Maybe throw in a little Joe, Jay Smoker at, in the same time. Like who can be, come up with the best story? You know, Jay will want to one on one. Huh? I don't think they know each other. You should have Adam and Rob Razy on. Oh, well, he's working on that. He's definitely working on that. Uh, it'd be interesting. I heard he's hilarious as well. So, yeah, I'm not going to go into news because I don't really have any news to talk about. But um, I have you know some what? News. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before, we, before, before we, we go into the news, can we pay a bill? Can we what? Can we pay some bills here? Well, go ahead. 
Yeah. So as you know, the NNRC podcast is brought to you by manscaped.com. Manscaped.com is a very cool little body hair and genital hair, hair clipper made just for men. I mean, women can use it too, but the, the technology is meant so you don't actually cut yourself. Now, Joseph, I know you don't really get involved and do these type of things because you really don't have anybody to, to get involved with and do this. So you have no need to manscape yourself, you know, re-reginizing all that type of stuff, you know, total co fully commitment to getting fast again. So you say, so, you know, manscaping is completely out of the by 40 years old, I'll be a virgin again. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you will be too, the way you're going most definitely. So yeah, I recently got my lawnmower 3.0. I had to use it the other day. Cause you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a, like a, like a silverback man. I just grow her everywhere. And you know, as I'm getting older, it's starting to get gray. So my wife, you know, set me down and shorn me the other day. She's like, all right, time to, to do some sharing here. So uh, she pulled out my lawnmower 3.0. I went to work and gave me a complete and total body sharing. Feels good. Armpits, back, chest, balls, you name it. Not a nick in sight. Not a nick in sight. So remember, guys, manscaping is a new thing. Do something good for your significant other. Make her feel special. Get it all trimmed up down there. It makes it look bigger. Cut through the jungle and find your manhood. And uh, if you want to do that, you can go to www.manscape.com, use the promo code no name in all caps, and you will save 20% off your order. They have a nice little kit. It comes with a nice little travel bag, <clears throat> some bowl moisturizer, some bowl deodorant, boxers. Make sure you put your size boxers you want, and a cool ass t shirt. I didn't do that when I got mine. So my wife actually has the boxers and the shirt, and she actually looks really sexy in it, I might add. So even though it says Manscape, but uh, yeah, go check out manscape.com. Use the promo code. Shows us some love. And I'm, you know, I'm just super stoked to have them on a serious out of the, out of, out of the, out of the industry, out of the box, uh, advertiser for RC that we never would have thought of. So yeah, go check them out. Uh, seems to be a good, a big, good bit of guys buying them. So, Hey, if you do buy one, shoot me a message. Or if you, if you have the, <clears throat> if you have the balls, get that pun to do it. Tag me in that post. Tag the No Name RC podcast and Manscaped in that post. So, thank you. So, Joseph, you said you have some news. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember if we talked about this on here already, but I just uh, think it's funny. So I don't know, but I I actually didn't see the news item. I saw this on Instagram. I think it was actually a TV sort of short news clip. It was about that guy in New York who builds RC cars, RC motorsports. Have you seen him on Instagram? Um, I not really, but I think I know who you're talking about. I don't. He has like I don't know, fifty thousand followers or something. Like it's a good following, and he's built custom RC cars for Floyd Mayweather, some football team, and some basketball player or something like some famous people, also. And that it's seems like that's his main job. Like he just does YouTube videos and stuff and builds RC cars that he sells to people. And the funny thing is that when I saw that news item, 
I like, hey Joseph. What? So what's his tag on IG so I can pull him up? Um, let me see. I think it's RC Motorsports. I got him. Oh no, that's a different guy. Oh man, what's that static? Come on, Joseph, stop that. Oh, he's got sixty-six point one k followers. Yeah. Underscore Motorsports underscore. Yeah, I got him. Okay. That's a pretty good following. Yeah. Have you seen this guy before? I've seen him. I've seen him before. Okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> when I saw that news clip and when I just see this in general, I think I get the same reaction as what an average person would get which is not that, oh, that's so cool. It's like, that's lame kind of reaction, you know? And I'm in RC, do you see what I mean? I just think it's so funny because most people, they get the same reaction when they see this or when they see us racing or anything to do with RC. There's no difference. But for me, the racing is cool and fine and great. And then all this, like your whole trail thing and what this guy's doing, building these monster trucks and cars and all that. It's like playing and lame, super lame. In my opinion. That's to you. Yeah, so, because yeah, you're just, you're so zoned. I'm in RC. I even I have a company that makes RC cars. Like I design, develop, research, produce, sell. It's consumed my life. Yet the hobby side of RC when adults do it, I think it's super lame and weird. I just always thought that's funny. So you think the racing is cool side, but the 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 hobby side of it you're not into. And I know that. Yeah, you're, like you, that's your thing. You're as not a in- kid, it's great. But as an as an adult, I just don't get it. Like not at all. Well, I beg to differ with you because I'm actually an RC enthusiast. So yes, I yeah, like I anything guess. RC. I mean, I'm not, I guess. Yeah, you, you're you just into racing. And that's why I think it's hard for you to... Comp- I, I know, I've got, as I've gotten to know you, I think it's hard for you to comp- comprehend anything outside of racing that is cool. But that's where you got to kind of be a little bit more eclectic in your thinking and open your mind on certain things. Like... For instance, when I worked in the tunnels, I used an RC operated machine. Like, and I, you know, four joysticks operated like a machine, have to, you know, same, like, and for me, when I did that, it wasn't really work to me. It was like, I was playing with a big toy, like playing with a big RC, like a big toy, but like, obviously I'm building, I'm, I'm spraying concrete, shotcrete and, and building tunnels and stuff like that. So it's important. But I can spend hours there using that thing, and it just didn't matter to me. So I guess that I'm an RC enthusiast, and you are a racing enthusiast. I think you like, I think you're a motocross enthusiast, but your motocross crosses over into, into the RC side and off-road side. Do you even like on-road racing in RC? Um, not that much, no, not really. But I mean, it. I still view it? it the same, like. 
I have the same same level of respect or sort of same feelings towards it as off-road. Like I don't think it's lame or any anything different than what off-road is. But it's the reason I brought okay, it because up it's was still because racing when I saw that our... when I saw that short TV thing that they did, um, I was just thinking that every single every every time I've seen something to do with RC in any kind of more mainstream publication, newspaper or online or TV, it always comes across. In, in a way that I think most people still view it as something that kids or weirdos do, like that's lame. Even if it's some news article from a race or about a race, they still like the way it's done, it still comes across as lame. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just thinking about that. that yeah, I, wish I, I can agree way, with you there. I wish there was a way to have something a uh, short new mainstream news article or some video or something like that that i don't think is lame and that you don't think is lame and then sort of see what people think like do the majority of regular people after seeing that something that we don't that i don't think is lame do they still think it's lame or do they think do do many of them think like whoa i didn't know that they do this and put so much, you know, work and effort into it. Like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like those cars are technical well, and fast and all that. Like, does that cross yeah. over or is it still like 98% of people, regardless of how it's portrayed, they still think it's lame? I don't know the answer to that, but it would be interesting. Well, I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, when you when we ever whenever we see that news article, it's just some guys, you know, they don't they don't really capture the atmosphere. I think they just show people on the track and all that type of stuff. And um, you know, then we had like like flying cars that didn't portray what we did do at all, really. And I understand why people are upset about it and didn't really like it. Uh, I I understand what you're saying. Like we don't really get, or they see like this toy car and it's going. You know, like this typical thing that's just going down the road really fast, or whatever, uh, or, or whatnot. You know, or some car that's in a movie somewhere that they've seen. You know, stuff like that. We don't really get to see what we actually do, and what goes behind the scenes, and what happens at these races or these bigger races and whatnot. And that's a good segue into what I'm going to talk about here in a minute. Um, but I don't downplay that. I understand your point. I understand your point. You that doesn't interest you. I, I get what you're looking at from that. That doesn't, but it does. That actually, I think that actually works to some point. People say, "Oh wow, that car is cool," and I like it, and it looks real, and I want to get one. You know, I think I think everything has its place because we have to we have to get like you know we always talk about getting new people in there. So I'm not about donning anything that that works towards that because actually one of our questions this week is about something that I think can help get uh, new people into RC. And I know you're going to probably disagree with me completely, but that's fine. <clears throat> but I get what you're saying. Uh, you're not, I know you're just looking at this like as a part for you, you're, the, the, the racing side interests you and that's what you want to see promoting 
you don't we don't get to see that side much even when we do it's it's brief little clips of what we do nothing in depth <clears throat> so I understand. I don't know that it needs to be in depth. Uh, it's just the style and the way yeah, it man. is done. Even I mean, if I think it's lame and I'm in it, then how the hell would anyone who knows nothing about it think that it's cool? I just don't see it. Well, they do. I mean, everything, different things attract people. Obviously, this guy is attracting people. He's got 661 Okay, followers, he's building all these RC cars, all that type of stuff. But it do, does it lead to more people coming to racing? You know, that can be a, a, a legitimate question as well. So I don't know, but he's doing his thing and I don't knock anybody for doing their thing. So, you know, it is what it is. But that's this is a great segue into, you know, tomorrow is the premiere of Baptism of Fire the first episode of driven i got to see it this week myself i had a secret screening of it i was you know happy to get to see that and um watch the campaign leading up to it like um i saw that the post like they posted the thing from from mayfield and i saw like some some people like oh what happened here what what happened here and you know one guy uh, ryan mccrary he said something oh you, you know but this doesn't, this shouldn't, you guys shouldn't do this. Not to this extent that you shouldn't do this, right? Or whatever. But what people have to understand is that nothing, like I watched, I watched the first episode. If I can say anything, I wish it was longer. It's only, uh, I don't want to give away any more, any, 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 um, you know, for me, I want it to be longer, but I understand that it's a series and it's not short people. It's just, There's four episodes. Used, I would like to see it to be an hour and something long, but it isn't. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. Uh, everything that happened in this, I didn't know everything that happened in the Philippines. You told me little tidbits and stuff like that, but this, I think this caught every little bit of, of drama that happened in the Philippines. And also what people don't have to, have to understand, none of this is manufactured. Like all this is a lead up, like what happened at the worlds with you, with, and it was completely your fault what happened at the worlds in my opinion, because you went up there and, and you dissed Drake. And then Mayfield came up and dissed you, you know? So that's how it goes. But that that's a part of this story that leads into RCGP. And that's what people have to, like, this is a story and none of this is manufactured. I, what, I liked, uh, what I liked about this was there were cameras everywhere. So when such and such was having a disagreement, guys were there for camera and caught it. Maybe they didn't catch all the words, you know, but they saw them have a disagreement. When these guys were having a heated discussion, they were there. This person was upset. They were there. You know, no punches hurled. Uh, you know, no bleeps because they let the cursing go and all that type of stuff. I enjoyed it. And it shows. To me, it shows what really goes on at a race that we never like. If you don't go to that race, we'll never see it. You know, because this happens at every race that we go to, you know, the drama, people arguing, people getting upset. But we barely see we don't get to see that unless you are actually at the race. So this catches all that and then narrates with the racing. So I thought it was great. And I'm, oh man, I can't wait for um the second episode. When is episode two going to drop of uh, Driven? I don't know. I don't think it's been edited yet. So hopefully in a month. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a lot, of, a lot more action because uh, Rufalo's got involved in this one and Austria and 
Barufalo, you know, does what Barufalo does and becomes Madman Marco and kind of pisses people off. But I like that about Barufalo. I really do. I really like that about it. So, yeah, looking forward to drop that drop tomorrow. And finally, after, you know, people would say it's been a long time. But, I mean, for Corey to do one of his videos, it takes a whole year. Because it's a lot of work involved. So, yes, his videos are a little longer. Uh, and he, you know, basically he does it. He does it all himself, too, you know. And, um, but, yeah. So, looking forward to the rest of the rest of the series and looking forward to the reaction from this week, from this first one, Baptism of Fire, because it doesn't hold any punches whatsoever. Are you nervous? Why would I be nervous? No, you know, just, you know, why why wouldn't you be no, nervous? I'm not. So, yeah. No, you know, I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, in other news, you know what? I forgot to say it at the beginning, but I want to say thank you to everybody that shouted me out and wished me a happy birthday. Uh, it was so funny because you was talking to me all day, like, and didn't even realize it's my birthday till I sent you a picture of the cake that I was surprised to find when I came to the studio that night. So I want to say thank you to my wife because she utterly surprised me. It's busy. We was going all day and I just noticed she was trying to like, she's like, oh, like something was off. Like she's like, oh, um, I'll go pick up because we left my daughter up her granny's. She's like up her granny's and she's like, I'll go pick her up and you could go because you got to go to the office. And I was like, mm, you're rushing me to go to the office. Hmm, something's up her. But I didn't, you know, and then like. I was like, well, where's my cake this week today? I was kind of upset because that's the one thing I was looking forward to was a cake. And uh, I was truly surprised to get cake and uh, balloons. So thank you to her. And just thank you to everybody that wished me a happy birthday. And then it was like when I showed you the picture, like, oh, how old are you now? Is that your like, yeah. 50th? Getting older here. 49? Uh, no, I'm 42. 42. 42. The meaning of life. 42, buddy. <clears throat> yeah, but I, I feel feel good um yeah you know obviously i have to lose weight but the whole not drinking any beer type of thing has been pretty good now so three weeks today so yeah it was tempting though on my birthday i was like oh i want a beer so bad <laughs> so but i i resisted and uh yeah thank you to everybody man it meant a lot lots of birthday wishes and i appreciate it and i got to spend my birthday Doing the live, which I, I really enjoy. I don't know if I'm going to do it this week, though. Kind of so busy this week. When are you going to so do it have again? to skip this week and go to the following week. I I, sp I gave myself 30 days, but I, I think I'm actually going to just go longer. Like, I don't just, you know, just see how long I go. Like, I'm not, I miss it, but I don't really miss it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Probably when you piss me off, that's probably when I'm going to drink again so in a few yeah maybe so. 45 minutes who knows um in other news <laughs> probably not no I've, I've learned to live with you a little bit more uh lots of racing coming up just lots of racing we got uh oh as we we're talking this week yeah the tsoc race one of the best series i think on the east coast if mar style they did the two-day two-day races but two separate races so you could race on saturday and then if you wanted you could stay and race sunday sunday was a separate race really like that series if mar style one class for nitro buggy 
lots of track time. I think I was talking to my buddy and we calculated how much track time he got, got run in one class and he bumped from his <clears throat> quarterfinal to his semi and it was like almost an hour worth of, uh, let's see, yeah, just under an hour shy of actual runtime. Wicked Weekend's coming up. Uh, the first time Wicked Weekend has been outdoors. They moved it to SNB. Uh, you know where SNB is. You've been there, correct? Uh, now, Wicked Weekend was one of those races I always wanted to go to. I was actually planning on going this year, but COVID kind of messed that up. And it's it's probably one of the best venues, I think. It's it's under a roof, but the, it's all open. And from whatever from what I take from everybody, it's probably one of the best, most laid back events of race time because it's open. You're not you're in a you're not in a a stadium you got bleachers did i always i'd like the track layout you know it's it's breeze coming through yes it's hot but it's it's a good event and uh yeah um it's i think because of COVID, i was reading an interview that dave done that they just the the owners or the facility managers just didn't want to take the risk of having a big event right away so they decided to move it to outdoors to smb I don't know how this is going to, it's probably definitely going to affect attendance because a lot of people, you know, won't like to go to that. It's in Atlanta or well, just outside of Atlanta. They like to go to that part. And when is yeah. that race? So, you know, it's like iffy. Now we go to an outdoor race. It is uh, the second weekend of August. So not this weekend, the following weekend. So my, my plan was to actually be flying up this week. I would have went to the Georgia State race at Phil Hard, and then we would have went to Wicked Weekend. Uh, and I think people are still going to attend, but it's just not going to be a big attended race like what they're used to. Because it's also in South Carolina, so a lot of people that used to drive down, you know, because kind of Georgia was kind of, I guess it's kind of centrally located in the east, you know, so a lot of people from the Mideast can come, and Texas, and all that stuff. Well, South Carolina just adds on another few hours or whatever and it's outdoors people don't you know people worried about rain and stuff like that even and not only that it's freaking south carolina in august it's gonna be so hot but smb is a great facility uh i think they'll build a bobby will he just built a really great layout there recently and they had a really big race there uh one day race uh had 100 200 participants almost 300 entries so i think they'll do all right um but we'll see Definitely COVID affecting things like that. And Dave has a couple more. He says Southern Nats coming up. Uh, he's now in charge of that. I see they have put more classes. That's a cap race. I wonder how that's going to affect things because I remember them guys telling us that if they go over, if they're late, they get charged like $1,000 an hour or something like that. But, uh, yeah. That was a great race that we went to, too. The guy who builds that track really builds a great track. I don't know if he's going to build. I don't think he's going to build the track this year. I think Bobby is, but we shall see. We have <clears throat> the Quebec Classic, which is this weekend coming up, I believe. So Ty Tessman was at the Stampede this week, and that's in Calgary. And he's now going to, they're going to meet up in, um, in Quebec. I was talking to my buddy Kevin LaChapelle. He's been keeping me uh informed with that race they they added some part they made that track a little bit bigger it it looks great mark Sousa's gonna hey man have you seen mark Sousa, dude that dude's lost a lot of weight no i haven't he's not on facebook now, dude. Dude. i don't see this thing oh man he's 
All right, right. That's true. But yeah, congratulations to Mark Souza, dude. He's he's lost a good bit of weight. He's not chunky no more. He's he's he he said after DNC, he just kind of just started diet, not dieting, but watching what he's eating. He's lost a bunch of weight. It looks good. So him and Tessman will meet up and race. Unfortunately, you know, like the guys from Canada can't come down to America and the American guys can't go to Canada. So this race used to get like Rifkin, Rana Foxbin, you know, races, racers like that, but not this year. So it's still going to be a great event. Uh, I'll be watching it. Kevin's all excited. And um, yeah, the track looks good. The Bego guys did a good job on the track. Cheyenne showed on. I believe that's the same weekend as Wicked Weekend. I think Tebow's going to that. I was talking to some friends. That's in Wyoming. That's another nice race. It's not a big race, but it is, you know, a decent size race. So uh, everybody in that area goes up to that. Tebow's going to that and and uh, probably will win it. I, I think there are some other guys going, but yeah. Lots of racing going on. Even that buggy land race I see is moved, Joseph. It's going to be in Portugal now, not in Spain. I think that's in October. And something else I was talking to you before I came on the air <clears throat> is that I think the ENATS is going to be the biggest. It's so so ironic. I know this. It's so ironic. I love it for you that ENATS is going to be the biggest national event this year. If it happens, it's supposed to happen in September at Flowood. And I guarantee you that that race is going to be packed. I bet you every single pro in America is going to be at that race. I mean, they usually are. If, it's been if getting they have together, an ENATS, why don't they like have Everybody's going to try and go to that race now. Because there, I believe the fuel nationals is... If they have an ENATS, why don't they have a fuel nets? I think... I don't know. I think maybe the ENATS is lesser, less days and they had time to change it. But the fuel nets, like... Because the fuel nets sell, sell, sells out so quick and people had already scheduled for that i think it would have been hard i don't know why they ain't having it i don't i don't know i hope they do the track that's actually how having that race is having a a race the mugen challenge i think it's a weekend after the wicked weekend so it's lcrc that's the race the track that was supposed to hold it so it's going to have a big race there anyway next month i mean well this month in two weeks time so yeah Lots of racing coming up. That that's good to see. That gives us something to talk about. Uh, I miss it, man. I miss it. Um, I miss it. But I I want to talk about that in my rant, like my prep to going to a race. But that's pretty much all the news I had. I see that Ronafalk ran some that ran the nationals for the first time in a long time. He won that Hampersburg second. Bunch of like Barufalos won won somewhere in Italy. Lots of small races going on. But it's good to see. Races going on. You have your race. Obviously, the Nationals coming up. What's 15th the exact and date 16th of that? that weekend. All right. Cool. Well, I think that's enough rambling on about news and races and stuff like that, Joseph. I think it's time we get to some of these Beach RC questions. What do you think? BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today.
and thank you to beach rc for bringing the bench racing q a this is the part of the podcast that we take your facebook and instagram questions so thank you to everybody that sent in some questions for the podcast this week and uh yeah well joseph's here to answer those questions for you thank you to beach rc brick and mortar hobby shop they had a uh, the snap hard racing league at their 10 scale track this week new layout looked really fresh uh, some really good clay there at beach rc uh, lucas was had the white whale at sumter for the tsoc series race this whole weekend so beach rc is doing it big if you guys can use our affiliate link that is in the written description and in the and whenever we release these podcasts it does help us out and we appreciate it. So check out Beach RC, a brick and mortar hobby shop doing things right. So Joseph, our first question comes to us from Adam Ross out of the Positive RC Movement uh, Facebook page. Adam asks, did Beaker ever get the MIP pistons in and what was the outcome? I am going to get new pistons and would like something better than stock. Stock pistons for me are 16.6 millimeter. So finding something aftermarket is going to be tough. I believe he's running SOAR. So SOAR obviously has a bigger uh, shock body diameter. So what was your experience with the MIP pistons, Joseph? I've done a Facebook live about it. So now it's on YouTube. So what, which, um, which, uh, do you remember which number it was? No, but it says in the description. Okay. So you can just do a Google search for that too. Yeah, 60, 70, 80, something, somewhere around there. 60, 70, 80. You just, like, that's the, <laughs> that's 20 that's different. That's the range. <laughs> somewhere there. That's, that's, that, that's, that doesn't really narrow it down that much, but yeah, good well, enough. Well, it does narrow it down. And it's, it's on YouTube. They're all on YouTube now, so you can find it there. I am not a believer that, uh, you put those in and it's magic. It really isn't. It's different. It's not magic. What did you find? What differences did you find that you can briefly talk about? It does give your car more grip. It does make your car jump more. Uh, but for me also, the downside is that it makes the car a bit more sort of nervous and hectic. So, that's why do you think not, that not a good thing? Why do you think that is? Why is it more nervous and hectic? What what is the reason for that? Because you have faster rebounds. So uh, that's that why makes you have sense. More grip jumps more, but it's also more nervous. Okay, so that so basically the re, like so the wheel is going down faster than what it would normally. So f- yeah, yeah. So it's not some sort of magic like fix all thing. Like you always run these like. Yeah, it just isn't. Okay. Sweet. Certain cars, certain drivers, certain style, maybe you prefer it, but it's not going to be, it's not, it's not going to be that some sort of unique setting. Like you put these in, you always have them in. It's always bad. It's not, just isn't. Okay. And what situation would you like to, do you think they would work for you? If I was at uh, if I was on a loose track and I needed more grip, then maybe they maybe that that would be good there. Okay. For bumps, it it kind of depends on on the bumps. What kind of bumps? Well, uh, like you mean like rounded or edgy oh, bumps yeah. or 
Yeah, and the size, and yeah. do you have to like does the whole car go in them, or are they just small? Yeah, you think like I think it will work better with small bumps, with lots of small bumps. Like maybe, um, maybe I'm wrong here, but you know, sometimes the bobcat leaves the tractor trails, the trail. Uh, yeah. So like yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's little bumps where it has to be, it has to rebound really fast and get in there and help you out. I think that's where it would help out more than anything. But there's like there's big bombshell bumps. Like I mean, yeah, I don't know. So interesting. Inter like everybody thinks they're the yeah they're not the end all be all fix all of your car. So, uh, yeah, Magnus Berglund. He asks, what do you think is the best way to run a track, European style with club running it with volunteers and a small track fee, USL, US style with a hobby shop individual running it for profit? We all have different takes on it, I guess. Can I, can I answer one real quick? Okay. So I've been, I've been involved uh, when we was in Bermuda, we had the club. Well, it's still a club run track. And I like it. Don't get me wrong. I know in Europe, clubs are a big thing. And I, I like that aspect. But you also have a president, a, you know, I guess they have some sort of committee or whatever. I found with the clubs thing, well, especially in Bermuda, it was small. And even, even her to an extent is that everybody wants to say and everybody wants something on the track specifically for them. So we, that would be a big issue with when it came to doing a track like this person wants this no this isn't gonna work you know just it was just like when you have a whole bunch of chiefs and not enough indians things are hard to get done i know in europe it's a little bit different you know there's a like there's more of an organization so i think that has its place i like the idea of clubs in america not every track is run for profit i mean there's and not everywhere in the world either there's guys out there most of these tracks are just guys having them in their backyards who are a piece of land that they probably acquired somewhere and they're doing this for the love. There are, there are some tracks out there that are profit profit, but I also like the one person in charge idea because then decisions are made and it is, it doesn't have to go through a whole bunch of voting and all this type of stuff. Like, Hey, this is my track. I put the money into it. This is what I want. Or he listens to people as well that come and say, okay, this is what I want. Both have their pluses and negatives. Um, there are some clubs in America as well where people, like a lot of this comes when they have like parkland or lands that's been donated by the government or, or local government to run these tracks. It's run by a club. So uh, it's like both have their positives and negatives. I don't, I think it depends on the situation. Uh, running a track for profit is extremely difficult, and there's very few examples of successful tracks for profit, I would say. What would you add to that, Joseph? Yeah, they can both be good. The good thing, of, I think the best thing about the clubs is that they don't need to run at profit. So if, mm -hmm. even if it's not profitable, it still makes sense to have it there. Yes, and the track can still be good. You can still have club racing and good races and a fun atmosphere and it can exist even though in the sort of business sense, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. It's still good. So that's the good thing about clubs. But then 
if you have the right owner and it can run as a business, then that's also good because, because there's an incentive to make the facility good and the racing fun and make sure everyone has a good time there. So yeah, that's for sure. Both have you want a, people to go there. You want it to be popular. Yeah. I think when, whenever I think of a successful track, OCRC always comes to my mind. You know, um, I would even, I would even say another track that's, that's mildly successful and, and getting more so because they have a much more club racing there is Rev. Revelations. And of course, Hot Rods, Hot Rods. I don't think Hot Rods, I mean, Hot Rods always has its two day, you know, Tuesday night nationals, which it's pretty decently attended. And to an extent, Thunder Alley is um, mildly, you know, somewhat successful because it's a great track. I don't know the, you know, but it is, I I don't know if it's run for profit or just run to stay afloat, but um, yeah, it, it is difficult. It is, it's difficult when you're doing that. Like when you don't, but when you have a club, you collect member fees, you know, you're going to get a certain amount of money probably every, every month or every year that helps pay rent, all that type of stuff. And sometimes some of these club tracks are on land where they probably pay very cheap rent per month. So it is what it is. It's the startup, like like the guys up in Scotland who are trying to build a track, have a go from me. I posted it a few weeks ago. They got the land, they got everything, but like they need to get a, a, a rostrum and they need to get this and they need to get that. And that's where it becomes difficult. So both have their pluses and negatives. I like both. It's just, I feel sometimes with clubs, you have to jump through so many hoops to make decisions for something simple. And when it's run by one person or two people, usually one person, that person makes a decision and that's it. Okay. Next question. Jeremy Oldman. What's up, Jeremy and Jordan. He goes, what do you use to clean your cars with after a race day and what's your method? I've been removing motor and servos. One thing I'll say about you, Joseph, your car is always clean. What's your routine? Really? Because most people always say that my car is never clean. No, from what I see, it's clean. I've watched you at enough races. You're always, yeah, you're always fiddling with your car. I don't see you strip your car much, but you're always changing diff oils or something. So you clean while you do that. Yeah. You really don't need to strip the car much. Honestly, I think the best way to clean your car is first you blow, blow off the dust the air compressor, then there's two ways. Either you just spray WD-40 everywhere and then blow it off and it's clean. But maybe the better way is to use a toothbrush, for example, spray some WD on the toothbrush and then just like clean all the parts with the toothbrush and sort of avoid all the, avoid the default drives and the stuff that, you don't really want the oil on because you want the binding in them, you know, especially if you're in a race, like when you go into the qualifier, you, you just want your car to be normal and work mm. good from the very beginning. You don't want it to sort of break in over the first few minutes. So yeah, so you use the toothbrush to clean all the parts and then you go blow it off once again and then, you know, dry it with a towel and yes. Yeah, you, you know, 
maybe the most efficient, best way to, fastest way to clean your car. Yeah, but I mean, if you go out there and it's a mud fast, obviously you got to strip your car and clean it really good. Well, if it's, um, if it's really muddy, the absolute best way to clean your car is uh, you remove your radio tray and remove your engine and then a pressure washer, basically. Mm-hmm. On some tracks, they have this way. They have air pressure and then you can also add a mixture of water and you can, you can like select how much water there is. So either all water and no air or all air and no water or then the mixture. So it's bit, essentially it's like a pressure washer. And then you just spray the whole car down, get all the dirt off, just everywhere. And then uh, after that, you blow it off with air, then WD-40, and then blow that off, dry it, assemble it, and then start the engine, run the car, and while everything's turning, you just spray WD into all the bearings. And that's going to be fine. Yeah, some people don't like that WD method because they say it causes premature wear and all that type of stuff, but... Man, once you get those barons wet, you need to put something in there because they will seize up fast on you. Um, yeah, might that's a good way to do it if you're at, mm-hmm. at a race and it, like, for example, when I went to China to that race, it rained in the semifinal and then we had 45 minutes or 30 minutes before the main. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did and it worked fine and finished the main and no problems. Yeah. I mean, and also, uh, people have to understand that barons are cheap nowadays. Like, a dollar a baron. Buy a shit ton of them and just replace them um, as you go. Uh, I think one of... I, when, I do a, when I do a rebuild when I was racing, I would, I would do a rebuild. I would strip my car and clean everything meticulously, right? And if you have a lot of time in between runs, you can do that too. I found one of the best things I've learned was from Mike Hill, and that's using, I don't know if you use it, but using the end dust with uh, lime oil, specifically with lime oil. And Mike would spray his car down with this and, you know, all of his car, because it's got oil in it, it could go everywhere. Spray his whole car down with this, and then you would let it sit for a little while, and then you take the air compression, just blow it off, you know, blow off anywhere it's it's like, you know, might maybe have puddled or something. That's before you go out in the track. Now you go out in the track, you know, some tracks are dusty, you get all dusty. Man, I tell you, at this end dust, you just take it over to that air compressor and psh, you just blow it and that dust just goes right off. And then you spray it along again with end dust, let it sit for a while and do that again. And I'll tell you, man, the oil penetrates your bearings. It keeps that going. It, it keeps that dust off. And um, for a day at the races, if like a dusty type of track, it's perfect, man. End dust with lime. I learned that from Mike, the real Mike Hill. And I don't know if you tried it, but it's really good. And um, I don't know, for, for cleaning, I like Simple Green, but I want to try Zachary Thompson. I'm going to bring it on her. I want to plug his Clean Freak stuff because I'm hearing good things about it. So you can check him out too, Jeremy. I'm going to have him on her to do a product review, but he's got some uh, degreaser. It looks like it looks like really looks like lime Gatorade. So be careful because someone can drink it. But check out Zachary Thompson. He's got clean freak and it looks pretty good. So various ways. Some guys like my buddy uses that clay. You know that that um that on road stuff that a lot of the on road guys are starting to sell it that clay. 
like you put the clay on the chassis and it brings up the dirt and you just you know mix it into the clay and then put it somewhere else you ever use that like a putty I haven't. I think that's more an on-road thing, to be honest. Yeah, but he uses it in uh, off-road too, my buddy Alex. And his cars are always immaculate, always. So I do have one shout-out. I have to give a shout-out to this guy, um, Steve Cohen out of Australia. I guess we're, I, it looks like the podcast is getting real popular in, in Australia. That's good to see. He says, hey, he, I, I talked about this last week about ball polishing. Ball polishing. He goes, I just want to let you know, thanks for what you're doing for RC." It's ball polishing. Mate, I look forward to your podcast each week. I've got a heap of guys listening in on you on, on your podcast here in South Australia. Can you please shout out Phil at ARCR for his track builds? That will be great. Thanks again, Steve Cohen. Well, thank you, Steve, for the ball polishing comment and uh, compliment. I, I like that. I'm going to use that from now on. Lots of great sayings coming out of Australia. One of my favorite. I can't say it on the podcast, but it's shit something. Um shit begins with a C and thank you to the guys in Australia man and shout out to Phil at ARCR I, I have to check out their Facebook page to see how he builds their tracks so, yeah thanks to the Australian dudes man I like it I love it the, the podcast is truly worldwide you got, I want to go to Australia one time and see, go cage diving and find a thylacine at the same time well not at the same time as cage diving but you know so we do have one Instagram. Actually, we have. I have one more Instagram question, and I have another question that I think we're going to have a great debate on. KB Wolf, he asked two questions. Actually, is burrito or tacos, Joseph? Tacos. Yeah, I like. I think tacos too, because you can eat more, and they don't. Man, I still think the best tacos we had was the ones in Santa Barbara. Remember when? Yeah, Matt, they were really good. I remember when Max and Giannis ate like the green salsa and they like they all went all red because it was so hot. Oh, that was so funny. Yeah. Uh, I think tacos too. And he was, his question was about tire sauce, when to use it and how to use it. Well, you know what? That's a great segue to one of our sponsors too, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic. So if you want to try some awesome tire sauce, KB, go to papawillies.net. Use the promo code, the no name, or NNRC. I don't know. It's in the written description. And you save 10% off your order for Papa Willie's Traction Tonic. Prepare for victory at Papa Willie's Traction Tonic. Long time support of the podcast. So check his stuff out. I think it works really good. I know a lot of the uh, no prep uh, on or the drag guys use his stuff too. So got that out of the way. Uh, tire sauce, Joseph. When to use it and how to use it. I pretty much never use it. It it seems like it mainly works indoors, indoor races or races with a roof. Uh, that's that's kind of where people use tire sauce successfully. A few exceptions like the fall brawls, fall fall brawl at Badlands, people were using tire sauce there, and. Uh, what does it do? It what does it do? It seems to work well when the track is like a, a clay track, damp surface, smooth, smooth surface. It's a bit sort of slimy, slippery. That's when tire sauce works the best. What does the what does the sauce do? Let's talk about that real quick. I think 
Well, the tire source softens the rubber, and then you would ask, well, why don't you just have run a softer compound? Well, I think the thing is that you, the clay compounds are often the best. They perform the best with source on these tracks. A clay compound is actually relatively hard. Then you add the source, and it softens the pins and the like the tread pattern but the, the rubber itself still stays hard like the carcass sidewalls all of that so you have some support from the tire itself because the rubber is a bit harder so it's not as much ballooning not as much flex it's a sturdier tire but then the source on the tire makes it so that the surface that's actually hitting the track gets soft and sticky so the whole, the complete tire isn't soft and flexible and sticky. It's just the surface that's hitting the track is. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. But it eventually wears, yeah. it eventually wears out. And then what? Yes, happens? it does. For, for sort of 10 scale, five minute runs, mm -hmm. it doesn't really. Um, longer runs, it does fade. Eight scale, I'm sure it fades. Yeah. Definitely we use it for your qualifiers, I would think. I don't think it makes sense yeah, using it for it, your mains. Yeah, I think the the thing is that it will be grippier in the beginning. The, the tires will heat up also. And you'll have good grip from the very beginning of the race. So even in a longer race, it would make a difference, I think. Makes sense. Yeah. And when you repeatedly run it, run it with source, then the tire, that sort of tread pattern will be softer and stickier. So even if you don't apply it, then you've been applying it and then you don't apply it, it will still be, the tire will be better than if you never applied it. Makes a lot of sense. So there you go, KB or Kenny. And uh, you should call in next time, dude. Talk. Actually, I found a few more questions. Sorry. Wayne Stevens, when will JQ's new setup book be available to pre-order and how do we order it? My goal is for it to be done by the end of September. So let's hope that I'll achieve that goal. Where and where, where to order it, how to order it, I'm actually not sure yet. So I need to figure that out. Good stuff. Um, Jason Roberts, will RCGP happen in 2021? Yeah, it's happening in 2021. Yeah, and something else that's really cool. I know. So good stuff. All right. So this is the question that came to light to me. Uh, I noticed it. I, I think it's, it's a good question, and I actually am a big supporter of this. So Nick Stretch, shout out to Nick Stretch. He is a big fan of the podcast. He has his own non-RC podcast of a sister called Stretch It Out that I've been on uh, to really like more just about life and being positive and stuff like that. He also has a YouTube channel called Rookie RC. He's fairly new to RC, but he is he loves it. Like we was talking the other day. So he was showing me he's, he's got a mini-Z and I, I see that mini-Z is really gaining popular, popularity again. And... um. He says, hi, guys, long-time listener. 
First time asking a question, but I want to say I love your podcast and enjoy hanging out with you guys every week. It's so bad that this guy's wife knows my voice and my catchphrase and all that type of stuff. But great dude. He says, I just purchased my Mini Z and I love it. Seems like a great way to help my get my friends and neighbors into the RC hobby within a smaller budget. Would love to hear what Lefty and Beaker think about these. Now, I think I've been looking at, I actually watched Mark Santamaria's vlog. He's been getting into this. Um, some of these cool, I think one of the Lone Star hobbies has a track or might be wrong in Texas. I'm seeing a lot of these mini Z tracks pop up. Coastal RC in Virginia with Barry Schimmel has the absolute, one of the best ones I've seen. I first started seeing this popular in Argentina, Emilio. You remember Emilio from Argentina, the young guy? Um, yeah. he, he's been racing them and Nico Bergante and all these guys been racing them in, in Argentina. I know mini Z's were super popular back in the day when that whole mini RC craze came about, like everything was mini, mini, mini. But I have to say, uh, I see lots of, lots of tracks popping up with them. I think one, this is my, my positives about this. They look absolutely realistic. And one of my biggest things with gripes with on-road, with 10 scale and 8 scale on-road, is that the cars do not look realistic, right? Fifth scale, they do. That's probably why fifth scale appeals to me. But these, these little mini Zs are realistic. They cost 200 bucks. They use three AAA batteries or AA batteries. I can't remember. So you can get rechargeable lithium batteries to put in there. Uh, tires cost $5.99 a pair. Uh, I was watching Mark Santamaria's vlog on it. He just upgraded his, like, to aluminum knuckles up front. He says, this is the piece I break the most. I Nick also sent me a link to this place that makes tracks. Now, so they make these tracks out of foam. Like, you know those, you ever seen, like, those foam, one-inch foam pads, like jigsaw puzzles, and you connect them, you can make, like, uh, on the floor. Like, like, people use them for exercise. I have one, a set for my daughter like with numbers on them. So they're basically firm with jigsaws in them. So this company sells these tracks pre-made with firm barriers and all this stuff. I priced one like a decent track. I was thinking, yeah, maybe I could put one here in the office, right? 380 bucks for this track. And you can buy different pieces to extend it. Um, but a lot of these tracks are being made. Like you, people are making these tracks on the carpet and all this stuff. I actually really do believe that Mini Z it's small enough. It's least. It's not expensive. It's portable. I think it looks real. I think this is a great gateway for people to get into the hobby. I'm all about getting people in the, into the hobby and racing. Why this is? I now you know we talked about this earlier. Like you don't like scale and all that type of stuff, but I do. I'm an RC enthusiast. But this is scale plus racing plus affordability right here. Now where it would go. Downhill is when obviously the manufacturers start making all these pop-up parts for it and you have to have this and you have to that and something that costs $200 now costs $500 to be competitive. That's where it all goes downhill. But right now, I think if they leave it how it is and you could just make adjustments, just change the tires, I think this is, and these things aren't slow. I think it is a great gateway into getting new people into actually racing because the scale stuff, yes, it's fun. I like it. It looks cool, but it isn't racing. What's your opinion, Joseph? You've you've been through the, you've been around for the great Mini Z uh, 
uh, explosion many years ago. It's like they 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 were still excuse me, they were still her, but they didn't like wasn't as popular. But now they're blowing up again. So yeah, mini G is good because it can be made so accessible, and they can have you know exhibitions in shopping centers mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. So it kind of gets. Uh, it gets children into the world of RC racing. Mm-hmm. So if it's used as a thing to get new people in, I think that's great. So, and that's kind of how Kyosho do it because new people get introduced and then they see the Kyosho catalog and they see all the other cars that are available. And if they're interested in RC, then then they'll continue. So I think it's really good because of that. Yeah, I mean it's blowing up, man. I think every like if you got a in, if you got a hobby shop and you got one of these and maybe a scale, uh, also as a little scale course, it's necessary. Um, I actually wanted to. I I want to save some money and get a track here for the office. I mean, I could fit a track right here and I could just drive. Maybe get a few, you know, and we can have my friends over and we can have some fun. And for two hundred bucks, I mean, two hundred bucks, six dollars for tires. So that's twelve dollars for a set of tires. Um. Get those aluminum knuckles. Get some good rechargeable double, like get a bunch of triple A batteries or whatever it needs. And you have different bodies that you can get painted up. Oh, I think it's, it's it's like, that's why I like the um the Euro truck. The Euro truck is the same. Obviously, it's bigger, but it looks realistic. So I, I, that's very appealing to me. And um, quick story. Um, how I really got back into RC back in 2014 is that when I was in Abu Dhabi, I was working and I was walking through the mall and it was like this, uh, they had this like uh, extreme park, indoor extreme park, like skateboard, a skate. Now, obviously I wasn't skating, but I was just watching like a skate, skate park, trampoline park, all this type of stuff, rock, rock climb and all this stuff. And they had this one little table well uh, not a table but an area set up with a axial sc10 and a scale looking little course very small dude i spent like two hours just driving this truck the guy's like oh you can drive. he's trying to show me how to drive it i'm like give me that control and i showed him how to drive it around he's like oh you pretty do pretty good this man i showed him like youtube videos i used to race these race cars and all this type of stuff and i just watched people come and they tried it and i was do it and i would show people how to do it that's what got me reignited in RC, really and truly. I was thinking about it the other day. So, yeah, if you can get a Mini Z and get five of those cars, like, and just have a little simple track, oh man, I think, uh, I think it's a great seg, a great gateway into into the, into racing. The hard thing is like, and people say, well, you like off road, and it should be off road, but off off road, on road's a little bit easier than off road with the with that mini scale, I would say. I mean, yes, you can get the mini tees and all that type of stuff, but you know, offered, yeah, I think it's great. And that little, those tracks that these people offer, cheap, firm, so you don't really break your cars up. I, I think it's great. Great question, Nick. So now Nick's got me all excited about getting a mini Z. So I don't know, maybe I'll get one here, but I want the track too. So good stuff. And I think that's all the questions we have for this week, Joseph. So. Keep these questions coming, guys. Good questions. Remember, check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, you can also message us. I prefer that you message me on the no-name RC podcasting so I don't lose these questions because, you know, I got a lot, like my personal Facebook, 
definitely has. I get lots of messages, so I do miss things, unfortunately. Like, I'm checking now to make sure I haven't missed any, <laughs> but I haven't. Uh, and thank you, everybody, for the questions, and uh, keep them coming. Thank you, BTRC, for the support. Remember, use our affiliate link if you can, and uh, it shows showing our sponsors some love shows us some love. Thank you to Papa Willie's Tax and Tonic. I, you know, I fit, fit that in there. Check him out. Use the promo code. Save yourself some money. Good dude. Been a long time supporter of the podcast. And you know what, Joseph? It's time to go into the Techno RC main interview with the Polish Punisher, Mikhail Orlowski. Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high-performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. TechnoRC, excellence in engineering. Hashtag TechnoTakeover. Joining us this week is a, very, a young man who's done incredible things very fast in his career. He comes from a country I absolutely know nothing about their RC scene whatsoever. So that's also amazing. I see he just picked, he just, he's starting to race Nitro. So that's got me all excited. And we, we've talked a few times before. I was listening to him on the Extra Lap podcast here the other day. I think he's a great young man. He's extremely fast in two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive. I'd like to welcome the Polish Punisher, Michal Orlowski. Did I say your name right how it's supposed to be? Did yeah. I mess it up? Yeah, it's fine. It's many different ways. People have been saying my name differently for, for a long time. So I'm, I'm used to all of them and all of them are totally fine. Well, welcome to the No Name RC podcast, my friend. Um, I hope you like your new nickname. I'm going to probably use that a lot throughout your career now. And uh, I seem to be giving all these guys nicknames, you know, Runner Falk is the Viking, Killer Cavalry, all this different type of stuff. So, Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Sure. So before we go on further, I just want people to know, uh, where are you actually located? I'm located in Poland, near Warsaw, so the capital of Poland. But actually, I will be moving uh, next month to UK. At least that's the plan. And I will be working closely with Schumacher and uh, doing more racing over there. Sweet. I was I I when I was listening to the podcast, you was planning on that, but uh, COVID kind of messed that up. Yeah. But good to see that you still are going forward with that. And how old are you? You're 18. I am 18. I will be 19 in August. Wow. Yes. Yes. You're very. You're still very young. I like how you carry yourself. You seem very mature, very, you seem a lot older than what you are. And I guess because you've been racing for so long that we, we just, it just seems like you're old. Yeah, I think for definitely racing uh, RC cars uh, have been a huge influence on my life and the person I am today. Uh, as, as you said, I've been racing for 13 years, so I've met lots of amazing people and, uh, and I have lots of amazing friends from the RC racing scene. So I'm just very grateful for it. And uh, I will hopefully continue developing myself and uh, I'll be able to meet uh, more amazing people in my life. 
I can I can agree with you there, man. I've I've been into RC for over twenty years. I've met I've met a lot of good people, met a lot, made a lot of good friends, and had a lot of opportunities come my way because of RC, and not necessarily RC related, but you know, just from knowing people. So, see, I, I I get that. Um, I I totally understand that. So thirteen years. So you started when you was five. Yeah. Six. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about that. Uh, how did you even get into RC? My dad used to race in rally as a just as a hobby, and one of his friends had a son, and they used to race RC cars in at a shopping mall in Poland in Warsaw. So when I was about five, uh, my aunt from Germany bought us a Tamiya Mud Fighter kit. It was a plastic two drive car, very beginner level. So my dad wasn't really sure about it. He built it in a duration of a month, probably. And then because of his uh, friend, that uh, the friend used to race with his son over there at the shopping mall in Warsaw, we were invited by them to the race. We went there and it was in October of 2006. And we just got hooked, both of us, me and my dad. And since then, we have been to every race uh, together and that's how it all started and we were able to meet amazing people over there in Warsaw at the shopping mall where there was a small RC shop with a track uh, next to it and yeah that's how I started. What type of track was in the shopping mall? Was it an AstroTurf or a carpet type track? It was a carpet track, a very small one but it was great for our uh, RC car scene because people shopping over there were able to watch the racing and also then if someone liked it they were able to go to the shop and buy one a car themselves amazing how that concept works put it in front of people and they would like it and they would end up buying one yeah you know? it's, it's only something it's so, it's so simple to do um so so i just rewind back your dad used to race rally yes so what type of rally car did he used to race a subaru impreza uh, oh yeah Eric's. oh wow you got to send me, do you have any pictures of it? I have, I have. I am actually using it right now. Really? Yeah. You know, I, I, um, I, back in the day, I used to love watching rally when, when it was on speed TV. And, uh, I went to a, the, a race in 2004 and Lance Nork, he was the owner of the, where the yeah. 2008 worlds were for, for nitro. And he had like a fully tricked out, like, but it was street. <laughs> WRX and he took me for a drive in that thing. No man, and Lance is a race car driver. Like he used to race uh Formula uh Formula Two and even uh NASCAR truck and all that type of stuff. So man, I love the Subaru WRXs. What color is it? Silver. Okay, he had a nice the, the blue one. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the blue one is nicer with the gold wheels. Uh, but yeah. he has a silver one with gold rims, so it's it's yeah, it's fun to drive and it's, it looks really nice. Awesome, man! Awesome. So you got this Tamiya car. You're racing in the mall. When do you when do you start taking this a little more serious? You're six years old now. Yeah, but... it it was a actually quite a long process. Uh, for like, I've been racing for 13 years, so it was actually quite slow at the beginning. I used to race that two-drive buggy class. It was two-drive junior class. That's what it was called in Poland. And the young kids would race in it with those Tamiya plastic two-drives. 
So it started with the Mud Fighter car, and then it was a DT01, then DT02. So everyone was racing those Tamiya cars, and until 2008 or nine, I I was only racing in Poland, and then in 2008 or nine, I don't remember exactly, was my first race abroad, which was in Germany in Andernach, where the Tony Sport is based. Okay. So, was you still racing the Tamiya cars when you started traveling? Yeah, it, it, we we went there with, I think it was the DTO2, Tamiya 2 drive car. And over there, I received an, an award, another, uh, it was another Tamiya plastic car. It was a TTO1, so it was a on-road for drive car. Okay, so then you, you kind of ventured into on-road as well. Yeah. All right. How how was the Polish race scene at this time? I mean, we d- we don't really hear much about it. Maybe I'm just a little bit ignorant about it. Um, maybe it's not as big. Uh, I know Barufalo was supposed to go there the other day. Was he supposed to go to this race he recently had? Yeah. But- uh, we had a race last weekend, and Marco was there, so we raced. Oh. We raced each other. I'm surprised he didn't make the podium. But we'll talk about that because you did pretty. You did really well. Um, you're supposed to win that, but um. I gained some fast, like the glitches are really fast and all nitro. Uh, what, how was the Polish race scene back when you started? Did they used to race nitro? Did you know about it? Was there any mm. outdoor, um, off-road track, like 10 scale tracks that you could race at? Yeah. The, the RC scene in Poland always used to be not definitely not as big as in some other top countries like Germany or UK in if we are talking only about Europe. So Poland always has been, there were some RC uh, here, but not always very big. But back then it was actually quite a good size and many people would race, I think 10 scale. I had no idea about Nitro because um, I, I never got into it. So I, I really don't know how how the Nitro scene was back then, but at some point, I think it was quite big, big actually, but we never had a top driver. So I remember hearing stories from uh, some veteran Polish drivers that they, when they would go to the Euros, for example, they would always be in the last final or somewhere about the 100th place, so quite far back. So we, we've never had a top driver. And at one point, I think the Polish scene was very at a very low point. And now with the guys that are doing the XRS series in Poland, and uh, we have some brand new tracks, uh, like outdoors, A-scale tracks, like the one I've been to last week and, and last weekend, as a new indoor 10-scale track with on-road and off-road, both at the same place. So I think it's going, growing back up. The XRS series, is that strictly Nitro? Uh, that's Stem Scale. That's Stem Scale. And they uh, they also do Nitro races, but it's mainly Stem Scale indoor. Okay. All right. That's good. So you you are like the number one Polish driver and the first one to come out of Poland, Poland to actually make it. So I guess that would help rejuvenate the scene as well. Yeah. Sweet. So you traveled to Germany, won yourself an on-road car, started doing some on-road racing. Uh, who was your first sponsor? Mm, I think uh, it wasn't like a true sponsor, but always the shop from uh, from the shopping mall where I started. 
the owner of the shop would always support me and my dad. We would travel to races together uh, because they saw a talent in me, I guess, when I was very young, when I started, and they have always supported me. So I'm extremely grateful uh, for that. And uh, the owner's name was Nico. And uh, and yeah, he, he has a huge influence on my career as he traveled with us to Germany to my first race abroad. He would go with us abroad, uh, usually to Germany, because Germany RC scene was quite big and it's also very close to Poland. So we would travel there uh, quite a lot with him. And and yeah, he was, uh, he was probably the first sponsor in my career. And then actually my first contract was with Team Durango. Okay, so I didn't know he was a part of he was a part of the Durango uh, crew as well. Is that hobby shop still open? Are they still doing uh, races in the mall? Um, I'm actually not sure. I don't think there's any more racing over there. Uh, I think the shop is still over there, and they have a small RC school, so they teach young kids over there. So sometimes they have some events o- over there, but it's definitely not as big as some time ago. That's a shame. That's a shame because that's, you know, it's a great way to get uh, what we do in front of people, just like the Mark, the British GP that you attended uh, last year. And was it last year? This year? It was. So this year it was the 12K Worlds in the in the MK Shopping Center. And last year and the previous year it was off-road British GP. Awesome. That's a that's a really, I really like that. Um, I think it's important and we, we need to do more stuff like that as well. So I, I watch, I like watching that race. I, I'm not going to lie. I couldn't really get into the 12 scale too much. Uh, I like it. I think I'd have to actually have to be there, but any type of RC in front of people that don't know what we're doing, I'm all about. Uh, so Durango, how long, when did you sign with Durango and how long did you run for Durango? Actually looking at a Durango four wheel drive car right now. Yeah. Um, it started at the end of 2012 after uh, I raced at the EOS in Poland, uh, another uh, big city in Poland, in Poznań. We had a round of EOS at a, it was like an expo. Uh, I don't, I don't remember the name of it, but it was like a motorsport expo or something like that. And the EOS took place over there. And I actually made the podium in two drive and I finished six in four drive. And uh, Dustin Evans was there. Your Neumann was there. Mm, Darren Bloomfield was there. Mm, quite a few big names uh, were there, and I was on the podium with Dustin Evans and and Jorn Neumann. And that was in 2012. And after that race, I got a message uh, from Durango that they would like to uh, sponsor me, and uh, they want me to race for them. So I was very happy, and that was the. Uh, first thing step into the professional scene of uh, RC but unfortunately uh, it ended at the end of 2014 when they finished their pro team so they fired all the drivers and and then I got a call from Schumacher yeah I think you're not alone with the Durango story that uh, has happened 
everybody, but it's amazing that you was getting you. Okay. So you go to EOS. This is your first EOS you've been to. Uh, no, it was, uh, I, I went to Czech Republic to a few rounds of the EOS because EOS started in 2011, I think. And the first race was called the pilot race in Sweden. It was actually in clay. And, and then that was, I'm not sure if that was the first season or the second season, uh, which I attended, but it was at the beginning of, I think it was the second season of EOS, which I attended. And, uh, and that was the first, I think EOS in Poland. Uh, just for some of the listeners that may not know, because I know we have a lot of micro listeners, but the EOS is a 10 scale. It's called the European offered series, I believe. Correct. Yeah. And it's a series of races it's all on uh carpet like ozite carpet and they race all around europe and it's two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive there's no classes right just two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive we have we actually have sock classes now as well and same stadium track so overall there are six six classes we have um two drive and four drive mod and stock and two drive stadium truck stock and mod so we have six classes overall and now we have stock there. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm any joking. Um, for anybody that wants to check it out, there's some really good races on Red RC and on YouTube. Uh, it's some great action from these from these carpet races. And it's it's really fast. Like, seriously, it's really good. Uh, so you're racing against. So I guess at this time, who are some of when you when you made that podium, who are some of the so who are some of the races you was looking up to? Were they at that race? Uh, when I was younger, I would I always looked up to Mark Reinhard uh, because uh, he was from Germany and I got to meet him a few times over there. And my first race abroad was in Andernach, so his hometown. And uh, the the owner of the shop where I started uh, is uh, a very good friends with Uwe Reinhard, the organizer of EOS and the father of Mark and Tony. So, and then I also at the same time, about uh, in 2009 or 2010, I also raced at the ETS, so the Turinka, uh, Euro Turinka series. Uh, and Mark would win a lot of races over there. So, actually, Mark was probably the one driver that I would look up to. And on the off road scene, of course, Jorn was dominating at that time. Yeah, Mark is is a good off-road racer too. Um yeah, he he has done some some uh, off-road racing. He, I know he's a I think he won the European Championships once in 2009 or or 8 some, somewhere uh, around that. He he won the four drive class. Yeah, and um Jorn Newman at that time was on fire. Yeah. You know, was fast in everything that he touched. So he's still fast, but He's another, he's not even that old either. And he's, you know, just, just been racing for such a long time. And, uh, yeah. So Schumacher calls you up. You've, you've been with Schumacher now five years, um, a small company, relatively unknown in America, well-known. I mean, people know who it is, but well-known in England, well-known, well-known in Europe. I remember like primarily known for their carpet cars. Cause I believe uh the schumacher factory is close to i don't know well when i was in england close to where silverstone is yeah uh so it used to be like when i used to go to silverstone on a tuesday night race it'd just be packed of schumacher cars um 
how did how did you end up getting involved with Schumacher? Uh, so yeah, it was shortly after we got. Uh, uh, I think we saw on Red RC that the whole pro uh, Team Durango team is uh, is fired. So so then I didn't have a sponsor, and uh, I was just looking for some options. And uh, one day I got a message from Schumacher, and it was a matter of two days maybe something like that it was very quick we signed the contract and i was i think to be honest i was quite skeptical about it because uh, as you said schumacher wasn't that big in in europe at that time they didn't have many top drivers so i was probably a bit worried but it turned out to be the, the best decision of my life and uh, we're very small at the beginning. I remember traveling to the first EOS rounds with Schumacher with only me and uh, and a few guys from the factory. So actually, there were literally no customers that went to that race. And it was only the team that was sent there by Schumacher. And I'm extremely proud of all the work uh, we, we've put out throughout those five years together. And... I've made amazing friends over there, Schumacher, and I'm looking forward to the future with them. And now we're one of the biggest teams at uh, at the EOS or even European races. So it's just extremely, extremely good to see uh, for me. And I'm sure the whole Schumacher team is extremely happy as well. And hopefully we'll continue developing and, and creating a bigger family. And you know, I'm starting to see the Schumacher influence in America. Yeah. More more guys are running. Well, as as I'm not saying it's just strictly a a AstroTurf or carpet car, but as AstroTurf and carpet is becoming more popular in America, more Schumachers are showing up. I saw that you went to um RC, I think it's RC Madness. Yeah, RC Madness in Connecticut. Yeah, with Carl. Yeah. Carl was there. I know Carl. And man, that's a that's a badass Astro tap. AstroTurf track. Yeah, it's, it's a great track. A lot of that comes from you, man. I mean, you were the first really, you know, you've done a great things. Which, I mean, there's obviously a lot of other drivers now, but like you said, it was just you and a couple of other guys. And I know all about that. Working with JQ, I mean, we want to sign, We our dream is to sign a, a top driver as well, you know, or a young driver who's really fast and make him even faster. And we're small. We're, we're obviously we're the smallest company in in we're the smallest company in chassis company in RC period. I would say, and yeah, it's not easy. And it's it's I could understand your hesitancy for not wanting to join it because small a small company, but you grew with that company and you became an asset for that company. And now, like I believe you're going. You said you're moving to UK, right? So you're going to yeah. be living. I can ride along with them. You're going to be going to school as well? Uh, yeah, I'll be at the university, but it's uh, it's connected with what I'll be doing at Schumacher. And uh, thanks to that, I will be able to race uh, even more because uh, now in, in Poland, we have very few uh, RC tracks. So when I move to UK, I'll be able to spend a lot more time on the track and, uh, and developing our car. So hopefully my my career will also develop in in that way yeah there is a plethora of tracks in yeah both 10 scale and eight scale obviously i know during the winter eight scale is not possible but i people just i think i didn't even understand or grasp how big rc is 
it's probably no, it's obviously not as big as as America, but I mean, there are RC tracks everywhere in the UK or, you know, the where they make them, like they rent a gymnasium or yeah. a hall and make tracks right away. And you can do it in an hour and t- tear it down in an hour. So I love it. I love the UK. I, I hope to go back. If I didn't live here in the DR, I'd be living in the UK, I think. So I hope to make it back over there one day. I'm more of an eight scale guy. I like to go to, you know, they got, I mean, look at these new tracks popping up. Nemo Raceway. Yeah. Um, or looks what you got Slough, you know, Hearts, all these great eight scale tracks. But then you have these really good 10 scale tracks. I think the first time I actually saw 10 scales go on outdoor Astro was at, oh, Eden Park. Eden? Yeah, Eden Park. Oh, that track was, it had an asphalt corner, like, you know, yeah. asphalt. It's a, a very unique track from what I can, from what I know from the UK team. And uh, they had a British Nationals around last year and it was very difficult conditions. What are you going to study in uh, in the university? Uh, the course the course name is mechanical engineering design. Okay. So it's the- so it's connected with what I'm doing right now so I will be able to to understand things a bit more. Smart man. The people don't know you just finished high school. Yes. How was balancing high school and RC racing? It was extremely difficult because as we've mentioned before, I've been doing it for 13 years. So all my school life, I, I have been traveling abroad to, to races. So first of all, um, making up the material that I have been absent uh, at school. Uh, that's probably the most difficult thing. Um, and then catching up back, uh, doing the exams after in the next uh, next term of it, yeah, it's it's been difficult, but I think I got used to it thanks to that I, that I've been doing it for a long time, and thanks to amazing teachers that have uh, been lucky enough to to have by my side, and I always had some support and from my friends as well. Of course, sometimes uh, I had to encounter a few issues or people being a bit jealous about my traveling because they they look at remote control cars they think it's a toy and uh, they don't understand the the racing side of it and they just see it as a small toy for a young kid but actually as uh, most of us know it's a very um, professional sport and it's it takes a lot of courage time and just work to to be on top so it's it's been difficult but it yeah i'm I survived through it and I'm extremely happy that I that I stayed in in the hobby and now it's it's always my passion it's uh, it's my job now so it, it, I'm just very very grateful for the opportunities that I have had and uh, that I have taken them Yeah you know on this podcast <clears throat> excuse me we do not call RC cars toys it's blasphemy yeah. and uh, I hate when people say that <clears throat> Okay so join Schumacher 2014, 2015, Robert Hood Raceway, one of the best Euros I've ever watched. Um, like oh, such a, an excellent facility out in the middle of some, some field. It's typically exa- as, as we were nerds in a field, but it, it's a beautiful facility. Uh, you go out and you become four wheel drive European champion. 
Yeah, it was uh, quite unexpected, I think. It was my first year with Schumacher. Um, obviously, the Schumacher... I don't, I don't actually know where it came from, but the Schumacher cars have an opinion of the carpet car. So so I think it was a huge surprise to, to many people. And at that time, I was only 13 years old. So That's amazing. Are you the youngest ever European champion? Uh, I don't know, because Jorn also was 13. So I think it's a matter of uh, of days, not years or months. Uh, so I, I asked, I, because I spoke to Jorn about it uh, to find out. But, and I think, I think Jorn might be younger, but I'm not sure. We would have to check probably exactly, but we didn't really care about it. And it, it's not, it, I don't think it's in uh, some record books or something like that. So it doesn't really matter to us, but uh, for sure, one of the youngest. And yeah, it was unexpected. Uh, I remember I TQ'd uh, just by a few hundreds of a seconds in front of Neil Craig. And then Jorn qualified third. And in A1, I made a mistake on the first lap. And I think what actually made me win uh, that, that race was uh, when I talked to uh, Moss from Schumacher after A1. And he told me to forget about anything that had happened so far forget about qualifying forget about a1 it's a completely new race those two times five minute finals are what it counts now and i was able to win both of them having enormous pressure behind me for full five minutes so i until today i don't know how i did it and but yeah i'm just very happy that i was able to do it and i was given some extra power on that day for sure man I, that must have been um a great feeling. also i want to note that uh 2015 joseph made four-wheel drive he made he was driving a schumacher yeah. as well yeah he was driving a schumacher uh, we had three cars in the a main it was me uh jq and peter Pinish. oh my gosh having jq as a oh, somewhat teammate yeah definitely definitely interesting but yeah um amazing feat beautiful like just amazing like like we all said like everybody has this well at, especially at that time the schumacher was like most mostly known as an only carpet track and there were carpet sections on this track but mostly on the jumps and, and whatnot but amazing feat what did your what did what did schumacher and your dad do for you when you won that like did they take you out you, didn't, you weren't old enough to go celebrate like really yeah, uh, maybe. I I never never drink during or after races, and even now, where even though I can, and back then we went to Frankie and Benny's, which is my favorite restaurant in the UK, and with a great dinner. And what's I, your favorite? Huh? What's your favorite meal at that at that restaurant? Uh, I think pizza, margarita actually, and garlic bread before as a starter. You know, it's so funny. Uh, when Ronafog won DNC this year, yeah, it's says, I can't. Now we go to uh, we and we actually went to all to the same restaurant. He says now I can go to go get my favorite dessert. I held it off. I only said I would eat it if I won Nitro Bar. <laughs> so good stuff, man. Um, amazing accomplishment. Uh, have you since then? How many have you podiumed? I was I was trying to look for results. How has your uh, European Championships been since then? 
Well, I I don't know. I have no idea. It was quite a lot because each year I I was extremely close to winning, and uh, every time I had some bad luck or just some errors from my side. Uh, but I can. So in 2016, I podiumed in Tour Drive in Spain. 2017, I podiumed in Tour Drive again. I was second. That was in Italy. 2018 was France, and I was uh, on the podium in Four Drive. I was third, and I was extremely close to win in Tour Drive, but just had some bad luck in in the last final. And 2019, I podiumed in both Tour Drive and Four Drive in Italy. So actually, every year since 2015. And <clears throat> did you go to Japan for the Worlds in 2015? Yes, I did. How did you make out there? I qualified second in Four Drive with a brand new Four Drive car from Schumacher, and I was so extremely nervous in the finals. I remember I've never felt like this ever during a race. I couldn't feel my body. I was shaking. It was it was yeah, it was terrible. And some somehow I finished fourth. Uh, so I was very lucky with how the points uh, counted because I I had a two in one of them and a six or, or something like that, and I still finished fourth. So I was very lucky to finish that high up. And I also made the A main in Tour Drive, but I was, I think, ninth. Okay, but that's your that was your first World Championships, yeah. correct? No, no, that was my actually third World Championships because I went to Finland in 2011 in Tour Drive only, and I finished 94th. <laughs> uh, then in 2013, I went to Chico, California, and I finished in the... Uh, D main in forward drive and E main in two drive. And then 2015, I was at the Atabe, and then obviously I was in China and Trench. Was that the first time you went to America when you went to Chico? Uh, yeah, that was my first time. Correct. First time track like that, too. That was a very nice track. Yeah, it was huge. Too big for, for me. <laughs> um, How did you make out? Uh, so you went to, <clears throat> excuse me, and you put, uh, I, you know what? I was, like I said, I was looking for results and I should know this. So you, that's pretty amazing though. You went to two worlds, finished way down the line, way down the line, but you're still a very, you're still very young. <clears throat> and then 2015, come out and make the A main. And then you've been in, you've, you've probably been in every A main since then. Uh, I didn't make the four drive A main in China. And we had our prototype car, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good uh, set of days, and I was yeah, it was very bad race for me. So I was actually in the C main when I was fighting for the win in the tour drive. I was in the A main, and I was in the B main in tour drive and trenching. Okay, so but I missed a few A mains, but at every worlds I was at least in one A main since 2015. You know you have a lot more worlds left in you. So hopefully <laughs> you, you already have what that <laughs> you have like six worlds in you already and you're only 18. So yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. I also went to a few touring car worlds and also 12 scale worlds this year. So I, I've done a few of my worlds already. 
Yeah, and you're also a 12-scale European stock champion. Yeah, I won the Euros last year and finished second in Modified same year. And this year I finished second after TQ in the Worlds in UK. And that's not something you race on a regular? No, right? no, no. I, I race 12-scale once or twice per year. How is it compared to on-road? Is it, does it help your on-road at all, you think? I mean, does it help your off-road at all? I think I think so. I think every category in, in RC, basically, whatever you race, it always helps you in other uh, categories. And always you learn something you can... I think everything just connects with each other, even though people might think that touring car doesn't help you at all in Nitro. Uh, in my opinion, there's always something that will help you, and even if you don't know about it. So that's why I also do 12 scale uh, a bit. Of course, I don't have enough time to do it regularly. And also it's a bit smaller class, so not so many big races. And of course, it's not my priority. Um, but it, it's quite difficult, especially the preparation. Everything has to be perfect. The tire prep, car setup, your electronics, just everything has to be on point for you to be uh, on top. Well, actually, you know, Greg Degani always says, if you drive more on-road, it will make you a better off-road driver, no matter what. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. I remember when I used to race touring car a bit in the modified class, people would tell me that I'm way too aggressive and I overheat the tires immediately. And uh, back, it was, I think, in it was in 2012 in Netherlands, in Hempstead, when... Jules Grosskamp won in the Worlds in the Modified class uh, when he was fighting with Atsushihara. So I was at that race, and I think racing touring car, especially outdoors, made me a, a much smoother driver, which created that driving side that I have now. And I think it's I'm very happy that I'm a smooth driver because I when I remember when I was watching Ronald Volker in touring car. He always looked so effortless. The car looked so stable. It looked so slow. But then you looked on the timing sheet and it was so, so, so fast. It was unbelievable. And I always admired his driving style. So I'm very happy to have a similar right now. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and and adding to your list of accomplishments, I have to say this because you, you're young. You've accomplished so many, so many things. So... So young, you're a four-time EOS champion as well. Yeah, I wow. I actually won the EOS series in two drive three years in a row. So uh, this year uh, will be hopefully another chance for me. Uh, so far, I TQ'd and won the first round in both classes, but because of the world situation, it has been postponed. But hopefully, we'll be soon back to it, and I hope I can. Uh, defend my two drive title and regain the four drive one. Yeah, I hope so too. I really enjoy the EOS races, and uh, they they're exciting, uh, super exciting. And Scotty does a good job announcing them as well. Yeah, he's he's the best. He's the best in in what he does. So your dad, he he's been. I was listening on Action Map, and your dad's been very involved in your racing. Uh, do you, does he still travel with you to most races? Uh, or have you learned now to do a lot of the mechanicing and setup stuff yourself? 
Yeah, he he's always uh, traveling with me, but I think that will change when I move to UK next month. So we'll just have to figure it out how it works. I can work on my cars myself, definitely. Uh, but it's also his passion to, to work on the cars and prepare them for the races. And I think he does a great job and he's extremely committed. So we'll have to find the right balance, how to how to do it. And we'll see what the future holds for us. Yeah, your dad, you said he's very passionate. Is he, does he, um, like how's your guys' relationship as racer and son? Like, is he... You, have, you seem very subdued and, and, and like just calm. Is your dad the same way or does he get nervous? Um, sometimes, it, of course, we, we argue quite a lot about setup or whatever, whatever you know, the father and son racing team uh, argue about. And uh, he used to, I, I don't know, it, at the races, he's quite calm. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think with, we are quite experienced together because we've been racing for a long time. So I remember at the beginning when I was younger, I was I was getting angry and then he would complain to, to the referee or, or something like that. Uh, but obviously now I've grown up and I understand things a bit better and uh, I take them better also. So I think we're both very calm at the, at the races. And of course, he gets nervous when I'm racing and... Definitely, I am also nervous, even though I don't feel it when I'm on the driver's stand, but obviously we both get nervous. Okay. Have you have you done any Reedy races yet or, or any other big races in America? Uh, yeah, I've been to the Reedy race um, quite a few times, actually. I went there in 2015. Yeah, I went there in 2015, 16, 17, 18 and 19 you've been every yeah besides this year yeah besides the uh, this year because i had a very very busy january with the 12k worlds and and a few more races uh, and so we decided not to go and also my last year in school so it was a very busy couple of months uh recently that's one of my that is my favorite 10 scale race though honestly yeah I, it's, it's amazing how did you make out? What's your best finish at Reedy Race? My best finish was in 2019. I finished seventh, and that was the only time that was uh, I was competitive. At the Reedy Race always we struggled with the tire prep, not enough knowledge. So every every year we would go over there, learn something new. So then we used it the next year. So 2019 was the the first year that I I won a a heat. I won twice. And I was uh, after the four drive portion. I was only one point behind the leader, uh, but then I had some unlucky and some worse runs in the in the two drive portion. So I dropped a bit, but I'm still extremely happy about uh, my seventh place and uh, the pace I had. Yeah, it's a it's a very difficult race, and those and those guys just have so much experience on that OCRC dirt, and. If you don't race there all the time, it's it's very difficult to get on pace faster. Yeah, I, so, I agree. Yeah, it's it's people just don't understand that that how hard that race is to to do well in, and it's racing all the time. That's why I enjoy it. 
Yeah, it's, so, it's great to watch. It's sometimes I wish I watched it, but didn't race because it's uh, sometimes it's very difficult to race and uh, definitely great to watch. All right. That's, uh, yeah, it is. So, uh, you know, we're all about Nitro on this podcast. And when we talked a few weeks ago, you said you was getting into Nitro. And then I, I saw that you finally, you raced this, was it this weekend or the past weekend? Uh, both weekends, actually. So uh, okay. one week ago, there was a Polish Nationals round and the Kelich brothers came over there. And uh, this weekend, uh, we had an XRS at the same track and Marco Barufalo was there. So how many, how many Nitro buggies are you getting at one of these races? At the Nationals, we had, um, and the Nationals, we had, I think, something about 20 or 25 Nitro buggies. And it's just Nitro buggy, e-buggy, yeah. truggy? Yeah, Nitro buggy, uh, e-buggy, Nitro truggy, and e-truggy. Oh, okay. Um, but Kilich is super fast, young racers, been racing Nitro for a long time. Their story is going to be like you when you get 18. They, they have a lot of, they, they, uh, it's just a matter of time before they start winning championships and become European champions. Well, Burak mostly, um, but Burkan isn't too, fat, too far behind him. But both very experienced Nitro racers. You TQ'd this race and I think you lost it. Did you flame out or something? You flipped over and you flamed out? Yeah, I had uh, I, I TQ'd, then I won the semi-final and I was starting on pole and uh, in, in the final, about 15 minutes in, I think, I had a small small crash just before the loop and uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what happened. Uh, my car got stuck in something, so maybe the flywheel uh, was stopped by a stone or by a pipe or whatever or, or the marshal maybe uh put the uh, stopped the flywheel something happened but yeah I, I don't really mind it happening it wasn't a very important race for me and i i am extremely happy about the pace i had yeah this is only like your second nitro race or something yeah right? yeah it was my second nitro race ever so it's always a learning curve and what was the most important thing for me is to compare my pace to to Kilich because i know they're very fast in, in europe so i wanted no, to know if i can compete at the highest level in nitro as well super super excited to see that how'd you make out against mark Marco this weekend? Uh, I TQ'd as well as last weekend. And then in the final, I, I had uh, I had a flame out again. Uh, but uh, this time it was something weird. Uh, the engine I was running both weekends is quite old. Uh, and I th this this is actually my first engine. And I was breaking it, it in myself. And I had very little to know knowledge about nitro so i i've done a few stupid things to the engine so the the condition of the engine was very bad so uh, i have a new one which is perfectly broken in so i should have changed to the new one but i thought it will be fine so yeah the the compression is very low and uh, everyone says that the the engine is in very bad condition and they're surprised it even works so uh, so um, yeah, I'm very happy that even even it runs. <laughs> oh, those LRPs are really good engines. I mean, yeah. they're world champion. Yeah, I think Angaro, it's an amazing product. Yeah, Ongaro, you know, world champion. Yeah, um, yeah, RCGB. and and also 
I, I can I can send you the picture of the piston. It has a oh. huge scratch on it, and the the engine has almost twenty liters on it, and it's it works amazing. It has lots of power, but I just had those ghost flame outs that I don't really know why. But I yeah, I'm even happy that the, the engine works. So I can send you the the piston later. Sure, we'll put it up when we announce it. So see that you know this is an experienced racer, but getting into nitro, he didn't know what like he he was. Wow, he didn't know what he's doing, breaking in his engine. So don't feel bad, people out there that are, are new to nitro, because you know once. It, but now you you've learned. So yeah, it nitro is a, a very steep learning curve. Period. Um, <clears throat> so much more to like maintenance wise and making sure so many mo- much more moving components, especially to ten scale. I mean, not saying not taking away from ten scale either. I know in ten scale setup has to be exact eight scale you can get away with not being exact but um so tell me what do you how do you feel about nitro how do you you know um are you enjoying it uh okay i don't know if you can say but uh what car was you running Mm, i i can't say what what car i'm running but uh, i i enjoy it a lot it's a as you said it's a very steep learning curve but i've learned already so much and I I feel like every time I go to the truck with the car and do some running or talk to some guys at the truck that have some experience in nitro, I always learn something new and extremely important. So so yeah, I, I have a great package so far. Uh, as you said, the LP engines I think they're top top quality, and also the experience with my first engine I think it shows how great they are because. Uh, I was completely new to, to Nitro. I was a Nitro newbie and I didn't know what I was doing and the engine still works after so many running, so much running. So uh, I have great engines. I have great tires from Hot Race. They're also great quality. So I have a great package going on. So I just need a few more things and I'm looking forward to more Nitro racing. I love the long finals. They're very exciting. I need to practice them because... They're quite tiring for me, actually. So I need to practice them a bit more. And, and yeah, I just love the, the whole Nitro vibe there is at the, at the track during the race. So I'm looking forward to, to those bigger races in Nitro. And I'm, I'm also very happy about the pace I had uh, last two weekends against uh, Killage Brothers and, and Barufolo. So, so yeah, hopefully in the future I'll be able to compete for those top top spots in Nitro as well. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I know you can't say which car you had, but did it have balls or did it have uh, non-balls? I can say as well. <laughs> there, there are rumblings. There are rumblings, and I'm hearing this more and more that Schumacher is coming up with an eight-scale car. Yeah, I don't. I, know I, you I saw, say. I saw a few rumors as well, and people asking questions. But uh, I'm just having some fun with Nitro, and we'll see what the future holds for for us. Oops. Great answer. Great answer, Mikhail. Great answer. Uh, I look forward to your Nitro journey as well. Um, I'm excited for it. And I, and I think if you can, if you can be, you, well, I just, I think you're one of those drivers who can drive anything. I really do. Uh, I think you're like Bruno Coelho. I think you're like Mark Reinhardt, even Cavallari. He can like all these, I think you can drive anything. Uh, I think we're just scratching the surface of your Nitro 
I, I just see it like I, I see you're going to eventually be driving everything, you know? Um, yeah, that, that's the plan. I, I want to drive whatever there is, whatever I can, because uh, as I've said previously, every category brings something new to a category to, that you have been running in for a long time. So, for example, now I'm doing Nitro. Definitely this can improve my 10 scale racing, uh, even though it doesn't seem like it's similar, but there are many similarities in my opinion. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I hope to see you at DNC next year or something like that. That'll, that'll that would be cool. That's that my dream to go over there. I don't know if I can do it next year. Uh, obviously, it depends. Uh, with uh, uh, depends on how my Nitro program will look, but definitely I want to compete at that DNC or PNB or the Worlds and European uh, races in Nitro. So. so you you're moving next month to the UK. You might get a might get a couple months of 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 nitro in before it gets too cold. Yeah, that's good. To see too. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to racing in the UK. I actually uh, run the nitro in in the UK last year in in the summer at Hearts. So that was lo loads of fun, and the nitro scene in in the UK is quite big. There are a few very fast drivers over there, so. Hopefully, I'll be able to compete at those races as well and uh, and be on top. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago you also even uh, had a JQ e bug and you were yeah. racing it. Well, you raced it, but yeah, you might have raced it. Just testing it out. So it started there, I think. Yeah, I I run electric for for some time. Uh, with uh, yeah, I, I run the I tried the GQ car and then I had uh, a, a few more other cars and then last year I got into Nitro. Awesome, awesome. All right, let's talk briefly or let's talk about the future of RC because this is actually how our conversation got started uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, uh, we see eye to eye on a lot of things uh, about RC. I I think um, I really believe I was I had some young younger racers on a couple of weeks ago before PMB and I really believe in the youth of the future and you're, you're, you're the youth like you're 18 but you're experienced very yeah. well experienced I really hope you guys we like are the guys that take this to the next level yeah I when I when I see young kids at the track I I see myself as a young kid in them so i always try to support them as i got the support myself when i was young so poland is a huge huge source of young talent in rc we have many kids racing or starting started starting racing right now and there are a few that i i literally think and i have huge confidence in that there will be future world champions or future RC champions. So I always try to help them always when I go abroad. I see a young young kid driving, racing or starting. I always try to help and I agree uh, as in any other uh, aspect of, of our world, the kids are the future. So we we have the future of our world in, in our hands and, and hopefully we can grow the RC. I'm confident that our sport can can be very popular, just as any other sport there is in the TV. So that's hopefully what the future has for for the RC scene. 
yeah, you, you're like, I think you're like me. You want to see this grow. You want to put this in front of people. Yeah. You need to, I, I, do you think we need to change what we're, how we do things? Um, or branch out and try different things? Yeah. And because I, I think, doing this again. yeah, I think the, biggest issue we have but it, it's also coming in any other industry i think is that the governing bodies or the people that want to make a difference they don't agree with each, with each other and what we need is a, a teamwork because teamwork makes the dream work uh, as the saying goes and uh, i think for example the rcgp that uh, that took place last year I think something like that has to work together with IFMOR and all the governing bodies in RC. So then when we all work together, then we can make something big and, and make RC grow. So I think that's that's the biggest issue right now. And I can see that in Poland as well, that people just fight with each other instead of working with each other to grow the RC scene in Poland. And it's exactly the same what I can see in, in the world right now. So I, I hope that changes very soon. Yeah, I think uh, we need to get new blood in those governing bodies. You know, I, I do like the uh, the Afro president. He seems to be very forward thinking. Um, I can't remember his name. I, I don't I, I don't even know who, who the Afro president is. Uh, but I, I think Afro out of all the governing bodies are the best. Um, they, I think the, the racing in Europe is organized. Obviously I, I, I think like, I mean, it goes back to what we was talking about earlier when, how you got into RC going, well, you know, going to the mall or, you know, seeing, seeing what you're, what, what we're doing and then people getting interested in it and wanting to do that. People like, people just don't know what we're doing. It's a toy to them. And we, we just continue to, to guard it like that. <clears throat> well, the governing, you know, it's just, I think that's why I want this new blood, like new blood, like you and all these young guys will come up. This is the new era. Like this is the social media guys. And, you know, back in the day, like everything's changing in RC. Like now we don't have magazines and all this type of stuff or using social media stuff, but it seems like the same attitude is still there from back in the magazine days. And, um, I mean, I missed the magazine days, but I'm for anything that gets what we do in front of people and getting more people doing it. Like the British GP, the 12 scale world and a mall, all that type of stuff. We need to do all that. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, we, as, uh, as in anything in life, you just have to risk and, and, and see what it does. We cannot stay in one place because if, if we didn't risk and we didn't want to make a difference, then we will stay in one place and, the world wouldn't develop. So I, I totally agree with you. Exactly. I agree. Totally. So for you, Mr. Olowski, what is the future? Hold? How, how long are you going to be in university? Uh, probably four years. It, it depends. Uh, it depends what I want to do. If I want to go a bit further off or not, uh, definitely my future is RC. And uh, that's, that's uh, a, that's hundred percent and I will be racing RC for as long as I can. And I have lots of, uh, a bit risky ideas, but 
as I've said, you have to risk to, to make a difference. So I have uh, a few ideas what to do in the future uh, to 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 not just race, but do something something else as well. So so yeah, uh, for now I just have to wait a little bit because uh, in our current world everything is a bit unknown. So I I don't want to make a a decision too quickly. Uh, and and yeah. I'm just looking forward to it. I'm extremely excited to to move to UK because I I truly believe that it will improve my uh, my driving and improve my results uh, even more in RC and also help Schumacher develop better products and and just expand the the, the brand and for also help in the USA uh, to to make it to make us bigger in the USA. That's why I try to travel uh, a bit to the US to just promote the brand and and, and talk to people and, and just show that the cars are really good. So so yeah, I'm just, just excited. I, I can't say too much, but I'm just very excited for the future. It sounds, it, it, I, I enjoy it. And you're also starting to do a lot more social media. You have a YouTube channel. What's the YouTube channel called? Yeah, I have a YouTube channel. It's uh, uh, Mikhail Orlovsky Racing. So. Uh, right now, it, it slowed down a little bit, but definitely in the future, when we get back to normal racing, I'll be doing those videos, doing some tutorial videos just to get to people and uh, yeah, just share my knowledge with, with others so I can help out those young kids or new people in the hobby. Yeah, it's it's very important. Um, that's building your brand, you know? Yeah. Uh, Ronald Falk's done a good job of that. You know, he's got his logo and all that. He was like one of the first guys I saw to do that. And no, get that, get the the uh, MO or whatever logo you want going. Social media and building your brand as a person, as a driver, as a personality is really good, really important. Schumacher has is fort like in my opinion, very fortunate to have a young man that's that thinks like you do, very mature thinking. And um, thank you. I I I. I look forward to watching your journey, not just in 10 scale, but also in nitro. So uh, it's, it's going to be exciting to see what you do over there, shake things up a little bit in, uh, in the UK. And, uh, I, I think like it's just up upwards for you from her out, man, honestly. Yeah, um, I think so. Hopefully, uh, the, the future seems bright. So hopefully it will be. Yeah. And I, I really want to see you get over to the, to the USA more. So they they can know you as well because man they're gonna you know it's you're just gonna get faster you're just gonna get faster yeah for sure I'll be racing more in the US because the RC is huge there so and also uh, expanding the the my nitro experience and and racing a bit more nitro definitely that will bring me a bit more to to the US because that's where uh, that big nitro races are. Sweet. All right. So, Mikhail, we have uh, a 10 questions, 10 second segment on this podcast. Uh, I don't, uh, these are just, they're not RC questions, non RC questions. Mm -hmm. And basically, you kind of have to answer them as fast as possible. As fast, okay. So, or, you know, it, you know, just answer them. Okay. So, one, what is the best Polish food? Or what's the national Polish dish? Uh, Difficult to, I need to translate it to English. Um, it's like a 
pork schnitzel, like like uh, almost like an like an Austrian schnitzel, mm-hmm. something like that. That's my favorite Polish food. Okay. Number two, what is your favorite form of full scale racing? F one. Okay. If you didn't, who's your who's your driver? Lewis. Yeah, good man, good man, good man. Uh, if you didn't race RC cars, what would you be racing? I don't know if I would be racing. Probably I would I would go into football as I was playing lots of football when I was younger and I was quite good at it. Well, that's actually my next question. Uh, was you are you into any sports? Uh, yeah, I'm into football, tennis. Um, yeah, quite a few actually. Well, I should say, who's your favorite league to watch? Premier League, I guess. That's that's yes. that's where that's 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 the most exciting league. I definitely agree. Who's your team? I don't, you know, I don't have one favorite team. Some time ago, I used to like one one team. It was Arsenal, but I, I I've never had one favorite team in football. I'm I'm not like connected to to any 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 team. Do you still play? Do you still kick a ball around or play any tennis now? Uh, yeah, uh, with with my friends here in Poland, we play tennis. Sometimes we play football uh, with the guys that I used to play with when I was younger. So. We are still in in touch, and we sometimes uh, go play around. Awesome, awesome. Uh, okay, I know you don't drink. You are old enough to drink, by the way, because in eighteen yeah. in Europe it's eight. What is the national, the Polish national alcoholic drink? Uh, obviously, I think it's it's a vodka. Uh, really? I, I guess so. I think that's that's the st- stereotype. Uh, abroad and uh, uh, i think that's that's how it is uh i know poland plays football but what other number i guess what's our number seven like i don't know i lose count on these uh-huh. things what is what other sports is poland famous for uh, volleyball definitely volleyball um and it's it's like dirt bikes, but they race in circle in a circle. Do you Speedway. know it? Speedway. Yeah. Yeah. On dirt. Um, so Poland, Poland, I think it's like the the biggest league in that. So that's a a Polish sport, definitely. So that that volleyball and football. Okay. Number eight. What is the your favorite country you have visited? Hmm. Favorite country. Hmm. I always like to travel to US, obviously, but I don't know if I would like to live there. Um. I loved South Korea experience. It was very unique. Um. And Japan as well. So one of those three, I guess, because they're quite far from home and quite unique. Awesome. Okay. Number nine, any hobbies outside of, or do you have any hobbies? RC car is your hobby, but it's also your job, but do you have any other hobbies? Yeah. Uh, tennis, football, um, just lots of sports. I think I exercise as well. So just, just doing physical 
physical stuff. Just I think it also helps me with racing. So uh, sports and cycling as well. Race, I mean racing, driving full scale car. Now I have a license for almost a year, so I love I love driving a full scale car. Sweet. Don't forget to send a picture of your yeah. Your, I will. Your and number ten, and I probably missed one here, but is Nitro the glory? Uh, I don't know. Obviously, it's quite big. I don't. I don't think it's the glory. But definitely, it's one of the biggest categories in RC. But I, I don't think that the driver that is the fastest in Nitro, it's uh, that he's the best driver in RC overall. Um, but it's definitely fun, and I love it as well. But I, I still, my, my still, I still like electric as well. So I think it's all balanced. Great. Awesome, man. Well, I enjoyed this chat with you. Thank you for your time. Is there, uh, yeah, shout out to your sponsors. Shout out, say thank you to anybody that you wish to say thank you to before we sign off here. Yeah, thank you so much, Ken, for having me. Uh, hopefully I'll be back sometime soon and uh, I hope to see you one day and hopefully maybe at a Nitro race somewhere, maybe in the US or or something like that. So I'm just looking forward to coming back racing and doing some abroad races and big international races. So I wish to see everyone there and hopefully you guys are all safe and uh, coming back to the to our hobby and passion uh, as well nowadays. And uh, yeah, big shout out to my sponsors, especially Schumacher, LRP, PowerHD and Mercury Free for continuous support and. I hope to see you all at the racetrack soon. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Good luck to you in your move going over to the UK. And enjoy it. It's a new adventure for you. And um, I look forward to following your journey and your RC career. And yeah, we'll be in touch for sure. Just I like to I like to stay in touch with, see how things are going. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully to hear you soon. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Are you tired of running laps against a clock? Are you tired of qualifying all weekend for a short little main event and cardboard trophies? Well, you better start packing because your summer is about to sizzle. Scale Racing Sports and BeachRC.com present the newest off-road indoor arena racing event on the East Coast. The Summer Sizzler. Summer Sizzler. If you run 1/8 scale nitro, 1/8 scale e-cars, or 1/5 scale gas, grab a buddy, pack that shit up, and let's go racing. At the Summer Sizzler, we race heads up all the time. A full day of practice, three 10-minute qualifying races, plus a last chance qualifier. 30-minute main events for all adult classes and really cool trophies. Whether you're new to racing or a seasoned pro, register now at rcsignup.com or on-site. Trackside Hobby Shop support from Beach Hobbies, free parking, free camping, free indoor pit area, and the largest driver stand and pit road you've ever seen. For more information, follow, like, and share us on Facebook at Scale Racing Sports. The Summer Sizzler, Labor Day weekend.
September 4th, 5th, and 6th, Apex Arena, Withville, Virginia, the Summer Sizzler. Grip it. And rip it. And rip it. Welcome to the RC Gypsy Tales brought to you by Rob's Oil, your one-stop shop for all of your AMSOIL products. Joseph, you're currently wrenching on your car while we do this and making a whole bunch of noise. You should order some AMSOIL grease and whatever to work on your car while you order some AMSOIL oil for the janky JQ van. Do you guys use AMSOIL in, in, in Finland at all? Um... Well, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think know. so. It's an American product, so I don't know if they'll have it over there in in uh, in Finland. But, yes, you can go to www.robsoil.com and order all of your Amsoil products. Why should you use Amsoil products? Because Amsoil makes top quality synthetic lubricants for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, four-wheeler, snowmobile, lawnmower, and anything else with an engine. Amsoil lubricants are designed to help your equipment run at peak efficiency and last longer. Join the millions of proud Amsoil users to experience the difference. The products, Amsoil products are formulated, blended, and packaged in the U.S. of A. So, check them out at www.robsoil.com. You can order your filters, your oils, you can order your grease, whatever you need. You know, you can use this for RC applications as well. And get it sent to your house or anywhere you want in North America. Remember, showing our sponsors some love shows the podcast some love. Rob and his son are big supporters of the No Name RC podcast, avid RC racers. And thank you to Rob's Oil for bringing you the RC Gypsy Tales, which was very popular last week. I got a lot of good messages. I, we talked about it earlier about Adam. Super funny. We're going to have him back on him and maybe his other buddy to tell some more Gypsy Tales. These aren't just tales about you and I. There's just, you know, so many fun things going on that it can be anybody. So actually, this is going to be two brief stories. First, uh, I never really finished my DNC story because there's another part of it, which I've talked about on the podcast, but basically quick, 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 quick. So after I come back from Seattle, the grand plan was for us, for me, to drive across America. Yes, the guy who couldn't even drive in California uh, is planning to drive the big-ass JQ van with plenty of blind spots, no autopilot, no nothing across America. Never even driven. Yeah, third time driving in America. Second time. So I don't know. What was, what was you thinking saying yes to that? I'm just pretty easy going. <laughs> I mean, it was, a, it was a great idea. It did a lot of good having the van on the East Coast where our biggest presence was. Um, it led to multiple trips across America, which I thought I thoroughly enjoyed. But I'll never forget this. Um, I, I First time, I've never driven a van. Never driven a van. So we drive to, I drive to the airport. You know, this is also when I got to see you pack to go to the airport and trust me people this is entertaining to say the least to watch joseph pack to go to the airport it's like packing up his whole life to go somewhere else like taking all this stuff 10 scale stuff tires just pure rc stuff i think you had like three bags plus your you need to get one of these better knapsacks dude like you your book bag is just 
you got this like little flimsy bag. I don't know how, even know how it's lasted this long. That and you also always travel with like a plastic bag or a shopping bag, your radio in your hand, a car kit in your hand. I don't know how you got all of this stuff on a on an airplane. Honestly, I don't. Like carry. That's on. how you do it because it's not in a bag. Right, but you always carry this stuff on. So I think like your luggage costs you like three hundred dollars <laughs> to take back to Sweden. I mean to Finland. So here we are. We're low on cash. I don't have. I have. I think I had $150 to my name, right? Then you, we get to the airport and you're like, well, here's $150, make it to Texas. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, any normal tight budget. I, I mean, any normal person would have been like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, her, here's $150. You've never driven across America in a gas guzzling V8 van. Make it to Texas from California. That's that's not like uh, that's not like going around the corner. You know what I mean? So you know, stupid me. Okay, no problem. <laughs> I go back to Smoker's house and we're waiting for the insurance to be transferred over because that was the big thing, like me getting put on the insurance and all that type of stuff. So I get the call. I think I actually took you the day before and I spent the night at Smokers. I was sleeping or I was just upstairs and I got the call. Okay, you're clear to go, Keenan. So, hey, let's start our trip across America at two o'clock in the afternoon. That's also, I should probably, looking back, I should have probably just waited to. Bad idea. Yeah, I should have just waited to the morning. So, here I, and here I am. I'm still not figuring out how to use Google Maps properly, right? So, I've got my, I've got Google Maps. I've got my 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 GPS smoker. I'm like smoker. I'm I'm gone, dude. So you know we we take those epic pictures of me smoker outside the van, and I'm out. Oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing. I I just remember stopping. I I drove like to like where I got a quarter of a tank. Stopped somewhere like this is I don't know where to get gas from. I don't know what cheap gas is. You know I'm just doing this all on my own. I think I drove for like, I, th- I want to say, did I, I, I did get a hotel that first night. I did get a hotel. I can't remember where. Oh, I, can't, I can't remember. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I drove right through. I can't remember. But dude, I know um, I got one hotel on the way over to Texas. And that was probably the first night. Cause the, yeah, I, that was the first night. The first night I got a hotel. Don't know where. So that cut down my budget from, $300 to like $225, $250, right? I'm like, fuck, I'm going to make it to Texas. And, and like gas was expensive at this time. It wasn't cheap. So I just remember just making so many, and you know, like I make wrong turns. So I was driving on the road at like one, one o'clock in the morning that, that the next day. And I'm like, I need to get gas. And I can't see a damn thing, Joseph. Like it's dark. I don't know where I am. I'm somewhere in freaking, I don't know, some state. It just ain't nothing around me. No lights, no nothing. I'm just driving on this desolate road. Probably, um, now that I think about it, I was actually in the desert somewhere because I went down on the 20. <clears throat> so I see this gas station over on the left-hand side, and I'm, you know, I'm driving east, so it's on the, on the side going west. So I decided to pull over and go to this gas station in the middle of like, if you ever seen like the like 
You know, like there's gas stations that are movies where people get murdered or raped. This is exactly one of these gas stations, like in the middle of nowhere. I wouldn't want to be working there. Like, honestly, I would think like just crazy shit would happen. So stop in. Gas was expensive as a mother. I can remember it was so expensive. I think I got like 50 bucks worth of fuel and said, let me, then of course, dumb me. I missed getting off on the right turn and start heading back west. Drive 20 miles down west to find a return. Oh my God. Just mistakes after mistakes. So I make it to Texas after driving. Why I think, am I not surprised? No, I've learned a lot now. I don't make these type of mistakes anymore too much. Um, remember people, this is my, I'm not really driven in America much. So, you know, this is, this is a big undertaking. So I, I, I get to Texas. I think I drove 24 hours. I stopped at a rest stop the next day. I slept for an hour and then I was like, I got to push on. I was in Texas, but Texas is big. So I had to get, make it to Dallas because I was going to NDRC and I was going to meet up with David because I was meeting up with uh, Isherwood. For the first time. Oh man, that was, I was literally falling asleep. I remember driving at night and I just smelled oil. And I was like, oh man, I think the, I think the van's leaking oil. What's going on here? I was worried. So, but what it was, was I was going to cross, cross all the oil fields. I just couldn't see it. So they were pumping oil. And um, yeah. Just a crazy drive. Got to NDRC, met first time going in NDRC, met David. He gave me some money to make it to, to Florida. Uh, stopped at Flowwood RC the next week, met those guys at Flowwood. That was awesome. I'm running on like Red Bull coffee here. Um, and I just remember I, I drove down the Panhandle because I stopped in Pensacola at a, a track there. And I, the goal was to make it to Orlando to Mike Walker's house. So I finally made it to Mike Walker's house. I never forget, like, he messaged you. We went to uh, Kurt's house, and they were there practicing. He messaged you and says, well, he made it. And you was like, I can't fucking believe that Keenan made it across America. And I can't believe either. I remember one time I had to get I off. I was hoping to get rid of you, basically, uh, to be honest. Oh, I man. Get rid of you and the band <laughs> in one go. <laughs> you know, no. Before never I left. Disappeared. You the said to me. New Netflix series. <laughs> I remember your words before I, before I drove off. He goes, if you fuck up my van, you pay. That's what you said to me. Not like, be careful. Don't get hurt. Don't get killed. Don't get attacked by a bear. If you fuck up my van, you pay. I'm like, well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, if I fuck up your van, I'm probably not going to be alive. Um, But I finally made it. Oh, it was such an experience, dude. I, I remember I had to pee so bad. You know how you like when you're driving this long, you're like, I'll hold out to the next, to the next rest stop. Well, I couldn't fucking hold out to the rest next next rest stop, so I had to stop. Like you, I turned off like I'm going off into a to a um, you know, like you're gonna turn off on an exit, but this was like kind of a wooded exit. I parked the van on the side and I ran into the woods to drop a piss. But then I had to remember this is Florida. I might run into a crocodile or an alligator or a anaconda or something like that so i had to pee real quick and get out of there and then i was like maybe i'll get pulled over by a cop decent exposure or something like that so i was so worried but definitely was 
a gypsy adventure. And I'll tell you what, man, I have enjoyed every single trip across America since then. I would do it tomorrow. If you said, Keenan, I need the van taken from California to East Coast. I'd fly to California tomorrow. I take the 70 this time because I want to go through the Rockies and test out the test out the true grit of the van and its brakes. And I want to go see my buddy in Colorado and I would enjoy it. So that was, that's my plan. Hopefully I can do this. And I want to see the Grand Canyon passed it many times. And we just never made the trip up to go see it. So that was unique and interesting. So that is the end of the DNC 2018 DNC trip. It was Truly an adventure. What started out to be just two weeks in America ended up being a month. And uh, Driving across country is actually fun. It's not bad. You just do it wrong. You're supposed to leave at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. and then drive basically until about 6 p.m., like 4, 5, 6 p.m. And then you make good headway, plus you still have the evening to, you know, figure stuff out, see where you are, you know, go get some food, relax, rest, and then next day, 6 a.m. again. That's that's the best way to do it, I think. Um, I adapted that theory on our trip over, and, yeah, just you learn as you go. I mean, obviously, the, I remember you telling me that, like, you should drive, you should do this, and I was like, fuck you, I'm going to drive as much as I can. I'm a robot. I can do this. Uh, but I wouldn't do that again. I, I prefer driving during the day. That way you can see. Yeah, because the... To doing it your way is stupid. You leave at 2 p.m., hit all the traffic. Uh, then you're driving in the middle of nowhere in the night. If something happened, you fucked, basically. No, I mean, you yes. That, I was just excited to... You I leave was, 6 a.m., you miss traffic wherever you are staying. You know, if you're staying somewhere in a town or whatever, you leave, you don't hit any traffic, you get on the freeway, get out of there, and then you're on the freeway already going. You're out. There's yeah. not going to be any traffic when you hit, you know, 7, 8, 9 a.m. when the traffic hits. So well, it I mean, doesn't bother you. I mean, then you're driving throughout the day. Whatever happens, you can still get it fixed mm-hmm. and figured out and solved. So even if you're in the middle of nowhere, you know, you can, you know, wave someone down, call AAA, do something. Like you're not stuck in the night in the middle of nowhere. Well, I and mean, now that I'm driving at. At six or something, five or six, you can kind of, well, let's go a bit further. I feel good. Or, hey, this seems like a good spot. Or, yeah, I don't like this. Let's go to the next town or whatever. Genius. That's yeah, well, I, I adapted that theory in the next trips. But the first trip, I was just excited to get on the road. And I had made promises to be in certain areas at certain you times. No plan. Huh? First trip, you had no plan. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. But I made it. I made it. I made. Well, I mean, my first trip, I didn't. I had a plan, but it wasn't exactly solid. I was just like, I posted on Facebook. So it looks like I'm going to be in Albuquerque. Do I know anyone in Albuquerque? Yeah. <laughs> Need a place to stay. And then, uh, actually, Jimmy messaged me. Hey, I live in. Uh, I live in Albuquerque. You can come and stay at my house. Yeah, I don't. Never met the guy. <laughs> Just what? fucking, yeah, okay, cool. See you at six. <laughs> well, that turned out to be a good good relationship because Billy, um, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy is doing a, like the New Mexico guys. Oh, I was talking to him yesterday. 
he's done a good job as a rep there. And <clears throat> Mike and I stayed with those guys too uh, on our trip over to RCGP. Uh, man, they rolled up the red carpet for us. We had a ball. We went to the track, raced, and then three of them, man, we just went to the house. They had food and drinking. And, oh, my gosh. So it was great, great time. And, and you meet people that way too. So, and I must admit, man, phew, they had the most comfortable bed I slept in that whole trip. After sleeping in janky hotel beds, that was a blessing in disguise. I, I hope to do it again, man. I really enjoy those trips. I do. People's like, you, I said, man, you, I, I would, pre- honestly, I would prefer to, dr- if you, I would honestly prefer to drive three days than to fly. I know that sounds insane, but I just enjoy it more. I enjoy it. You see so much more. I just, I just enjoy it. I drive anywhere, man. I drive anywhere in America. <clears throat> I think I prefer it too. Like if I had, if I had the choice of either, either driving to Spain now, which is what, three or three days, four days mm-hmm. or flying, I would pick driving. If time isn't an issue, then yeah, driving is better. Yeah. Um, and well, not only that, I mean, it's just, like you said, you make that is part of a trip, part of the trip, you know, getting there. Like, uh, when we drove out to, yeah, I mean that story is for later. But I, I just like even our trip when we did it, it was fun. Even though you was FaceTiming the entire time we did it, but um. Definitely, I look forward to doing it again, man. I hope to get, I hope to get the chance to do. It. Maybe the van's a little bit tough on you, though. Uh, driving that van, it's not, it's, it's not the most comfortable thing, man. I would, I would get my leg like right on my thigh, right here, because it didn't have autopilot. And I try to, you guys say I fuck, I accelerate too much, but I try to get my foot locked in a position that's right there. And sometimes you're in that position for, for hours, just like, and um. Yeah, it, uh, I I just would love to do it again and do the seventy. Just thinking about it, I don't know. We kind of went. That was supposed to be a quick story and end up being eighteen minutes. Do you want to go into the other gypsy tale about you? Yeah, I'm here. I don't know. See, that's what aggravates me. I don't know if you drop or or what. You're just not. Uh, just mute my mic. Ah, uh, yeah, that happens to me. I did it earlier. So. Do we want to talk about your gypsy tale or we want to save it for next week? I think we should save it for next week. Yeah, let's save it. Yeah, because that's pretty pretty funny too. But we actually I have a prelude to to future to a future, future, future. Um a future RC gypsy tales that we have coming up. Because you know, like when you work for JQ Racing, it isn't all about RC cars. It's about dealing with real life. And sometimes when you work for Joseph, you just have to deal with real life stuff. And I'll never forget the day I got this phone call. And (laughs) I'll never forget it. I know what this is. I'll never forget it. And excuse the audio guys, but I have to play this. And this is a prelude to what one of our upcoming stories is going to be. The FBI, I have to call the FBI. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, it 
the look on your face when she says FBI is so funny. Oh my gosh. But it wasn't funny at the time when this happened. But uh, we will tell that story in the upcoming future of RC Gypsy Tales, A Life of Joseph J. Quagrain. Oh my God. That was, that was, I, I, the look on your, I've never really seen you too worried, but the look on your face is really worried when you, when I'm looking at this video. Yeah. That was, that was, um, touching. That was, that was, shit happens. That, the, the, this thing is like, it is, shit happens, but like everybody knows about the story, but now we're going to tell, tell what really happened. So that's good. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Joseph. Uh, thank you for giving me $150 to drive across America. I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate getting that chance. It was a lot of fun. See what I'm saying? I'm, I, think, is it, I think I must be insane to even say yes to things like that. So, yeah, good stuff. And thank you, Rob's Oil. Remember, everybody, go to www.robsoil.com. Show him some love. He brings you the RC Gypsy Tales. And stay tuned for future RC Gypsy Tales that we have. Now, Joseph, it is time to go into the JQ Racing Rat. We are now at that point of the show where you should fasten those seatbelts and put your big boy pants on. Whoa. Things are about to get serious. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant. Yep, 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 yep. It's that time of the podcast for the JQ Racing Rant, the no-holds-barred, put-on-your-big-boy-panties or big-girl-panties. If you get easily offended, then you shouldn't listen to this part of the podcast. Brought to you by the most controversial man in RC, JQ of JQ Racing. Joseph, do you have a rant this week? I thought you had one. I do, but I, I don't. I have. I actually am between two. It's not one. Isn't really a rant. Sorry, I needed to take a drink of water. I'm getting uh, cotton mouth here. <clears throat> I kind of changed my rant. I was gonna rant about why I like big races, and I still might, but I kind of want to rant about mindset I didn't talk to you about this but I wanted to talk about mindset RC and life and we all we all go through this we all do this myself you um, but I see it a lot in RC and I've seen you do it epically re most recently at DNC but it's about mindset and why I feel I've, I've talked about this before, but the mindset of a champion and the mindset of, of not being a champion, it, it's a mindset. Yes, there's skills involved, but there's a certain mindset to push through when things are, are, are frustrating you even to the utmost. Now for me, RC is fun. I, I the last time I raced was AMS. Um, yeah, it was fun. I was just happy to be out during the track, having fun, doing it. I didn't, I didn't get frustrated. I can't even, I can't even say I have, honestly, when it comes to RC racing, I may have gotten frustrated once or twice. 
in my in my in all of my RC racing career. Like, yeah, I think one time I was here in the DR and the, the thing wasn't counting properly and I was in the lead and then they decided to call the whole race and I was just like, fuck, I just wasted my whole time coming down here for nothing. Get your shit together. And I didn't like that. And maybe I've gotten frustrated um, in my racing at, at, I don't even like, you know, sometimes I just feel like I don't, like I didn't get the credit that I should have gotten. That's, that was frustrating to me. But like getting frustrated at a race and being like, oh, this sucks. I shouldn't be here. And I, 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 just, I don't get like that because if I'm racing, it's a, I'm just happy to be racing, like, you know, and having fun. I always try to have fun at races if I'm racing. I know things can get, you can get a little flustered and stuff like that, but I try not to let that destroy my, my, my fun for the day. Now, I've seen you completely come apart at a race, DNC. Like, you may, like, for as confident as you are. What happened at DNC? Well, by Wednesday, you were shot. Wednesday practice, the look on your face was like, oh, this is going to be a shitty weekend. I'm fucked. I'm not, I'm, I'm just over this. You went from like two days before that and the week before that, you went from, I'm going to do well at DNC to the Wednesday when I came back from, I think I was running errands and I saw the look on your face. You just looked at me and I was like, and I said to you, you're done. You're done. And you mentally mind fucked yourself out of doing good at DNC. And everybody saw that. Everybody saw that. Michael, Degani, everybody saw it. And that, that mind fuck, that thing that went in your mind reflected in the whole pits. You know what I mean? Because you was in yourself and you didn't care. You was, and you was just having a shitty time and you knew you was going to have a shitty time. So you didn't do as good as you should have, even in Troggy and E-Buggy, which are your better thing. But you mentally screwed yourself before you even got to qualify him. And Everybody was there, saw it, and knew that it happened, right? As confident as you are, you mind fuck yourself a lot. Seeing you do it while we're racing, like, people think I'm laughing, think, think it's a joke when I say, like, you get all rattled on the, and you, like, when we're on the mics and you start talking and you get all rattled at little things. I've, I've seen you do it, and, and lots of people go through this. It's not unique. It happens to me in life, in this podcast, maybe interviewing people, like, even at the race, like, oh, I don't I don't want to go bother that guy. And it's, you know, maybe getting frustrated, made it lack of confidence, mind screwing myself anyway. My, my point is we all do this. Um, getting frustrated. When you get frustrated, you don't do things. Like, like for instance, uh, we've, been, we've been trying to record. You know when you get frustrated? Oh, I know when I get frustrated. <laughs> when I do that. Yeah, but that doesn't frustrate me. I'm trying to laugh at it, but... For instance, we, we've been trying to record this podcast since Thursday. And we started finally on Sunday. Then we're finishing up here on Monday. And like I said to yesterday, we tried to record yesterday, but we were both frustrated. And I was like, you know what? Let's just go enjoy our Sunday. We'll come back to this tomorrow. And we are. And we even got frustrated this morning when we started. So because I don't want to create a lackluster product. But frustration leads to just not doing well. So I guess that comes down to me saying this is this week uh, I had, you know, I, I keep in touch with lots of people when they're racing, right? So we had a group of guys that went to a big race and then I had another guy that went to him and they went to a race and here's how I went. These guys, these guys went to this race. They were just happy to go to this race, have fun. 
They had a good time. They're drinking beer. They're joking. They weren't a B-man. They didn't care. They broke. They had fun, right? They're super happy just to do that. And that's kind of like where I go, where I am if I was going to race. <clears throat> so the next guy, he's a really good friend of mine. So he's frustrated. He's at this race. He's not doing as well as he thinks he should, or maybe the car isn't working how it should, and he can't figure it out because he's not good with setup, and he's frustrated at other things, and you know he's he's you know he says ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna you know the first thing everybody says when they get frustrated at a race, it's got to be the car. You know we can't we can't look at ourselves and say to ourselves it's us. It's we can't do that. Like you know, as humans, it's hard for us to do that, and very few people can do that. You are one of the main people that can't do it. You can never find the blame in yourself. I, I, get, I get like that too, but at the end of the day, I can sit back and say, yeah, it was my fault why that happened. Just frustrated. First message to me, oh, I'm going to try a different car. I'm like, all right, if that's what you want to do, cool. You know, oh, I just can't get this going. And I'm like, well, like a couple of weeks ago, the car was great. You know what I, I mean? So it's, it's, I get it. You're frustrated. You have to race. You're not doing well. You know, I get it. I said, look, just calm down. I, I've had to do this for a few people. This is not unique. I've had to do this for a few people. Like, they're on the edge. They're frustrated at the race. They're not doing well. And I'm not there, but I just kind of talk them off the edge somewhat. And I don't know if I did this for this guy. But this dude ended up having a great day after this. Like, he done really, he done exceptionally well, better than what he thought he would do. He went into that race thinking, oh, these guys are super fast. Um, I'm not going to be able to keep up with them anyway because it's, it's like this, the format is like this. So I'm just hurt. If, you're just, if you have that attitude, number one, you're not going to do well. Number two, if you have that attitude, you shouldn't get frustrated if you do, don't do well. But he did. And he, you know what? This, this guy had a, an exceptional, I think he did really well. <coughs> Excuse me. I think he did really well against a bunch of guys that race every weekend at different tracks all every weekend. I think he did well. He held his own. He had a good weekend. And when he finished talking to me at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I was a little frustrated earlier. And uh, like, cool. I get it. Sometimes, and then I talk to guys like these guys who went to this other race and they're just happy to be at a race. And then I talk to some guys and they can honestly say, yeah, the car was good, but I was shitty. So sometimes we have to sit back and really look at what we're doing. I have to do it. You have to do it. Maybe it's not an RC. Maybe it's not in. It, it, it is an RC. Is it really the car? Is it really the top? Yes, like tires and stuff. Yes, it can make a difference. Or is it me? And why I say this is because I keep coming back to this one moment, and that was at Silver State last year. And I talked, to the, I talked about this before, and I told you about it before, and I saw... When Greg, well, Greg is plus 40, races once in a while, but I can still see the fire to do well and be able to pull good runs out of his ass. It's still there. And that's why he was the first ever world. And people will say it's a fluke and he did this and he shouldn't have done that. But Greg done everything he needed to become good and become the first ever American world champion. I don't care what anybody says. They can say he got lucky. He did this. He done it. He raced with these guys every, you know, every weekend back in the day. He competed with them. He did well, all that type of stuff. But I saw him at Silver State this year, last year, sorry. He had two shitty, he had, I think it was three qualifiers. So he had a shitty, two shitty qualifiers. 
He was on the cusp of being in the B-man. He needed a top three or top five qualifying run in his last run. And he was having engine issues, like his engine was lean bogging, all this type of stuff. And he was trying to figure it out and all this there. And so his last qualifier, I watched, I watched Greg, I watched Greg go out there, lean bogging car, running like shit. I watched him pull a fucking top three run out of his ass with a car that wasn't perfect on a track that was super bumpy, super, you know, that track gets rough. I watched him do it. It had nothing to do with setup. It had nothing to do with having a perfect car. It had all to do with mentality and his mindset. He had to get one and he was going to do it. Another, another example of that is what Mayfield done at DNC this year when he needed that last qualifying run. He needed to have a good one. You know, if not, he was going to be in the B-man. And he, he, he wasn't the fastest out there, but he willed his way into getting a good qualifier. And this is what champions are made of, man. In life, in RC, period. Mindset. If you go in with the wrong mindset, you're never going to do well. Sometimes we have to sit back and say to ourselves, okay, it was me. Are you there? Or did you mute the mic? I honestly think that you've been uh, listening to my Facebook lives and you've learned something. Yeah, but you need to listen to yourself. So I guess what I'm trying to say is we're fortunate. Well, people are fortunate to be able to race RC cars as a hobby. 99.9% of us are not going to be professional drivers. Have fun. At the end of the day, we do this for fun. Um, if, your, if your fun level depends on your results, then you're doing this for the wrong reason. You know, because every day is a racing day, but not every day is a winning day. And only one person can win. There has to be a second and third and so forth. So I don't know. I guess just sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta will your way to a good run. Sometimes you just gotta force it out. Even when it's frustrating and you're getting frustrated, you just gotta put your head down and do it sometimes. And I have to tell myself that a lot of times. Sometimes you just got to put your head down and fucking do it. Mindset is key. If you're not right in the mind, then you won't do well on the track. So you have to be confident, man. And that, that applies to you, Joseph, because you mentally mind fucked yourself at, at DNC this year. Completely. <clears throat> so I guess my rant is enjoy what you're doing. Because, you know, we're lucky and fortunate to do it. Don't let it frustrate you so much. Yes, I get it. You can be frustrated, but don't let it frustrate you. Change that frustration and put your head down and you can do better. And I saw that with this guy. He was frustrated. <clears throat> and he turned around and had solid runs. Like, he did well. Like, he did better than what I expected him to do. He had a great day at the end. So there you go. And then you had the two, the bunch of guys that went to the big race and they had a blast the whole race, moving, you know, just driving to the race. All the, I, they were sending me videos. It was, I like to see that, you know, having fun. Remember, we do this to have fun. If you get frustrated, that's the time you have to calm down, breathe, and do things better. Wouldn't you agree, Joseph? 
I think that's very well said. So will you take this advice from me and try to adjust your thinking and not get so frustrated? <clears throat> because you set the tone at DNC. Depends on what's going on. No, no, it's no depends what's going on. You set the turn at DNC. You were having a shitty time and then it reflected on the whole pit area. And that's where you have to sit. That's, that's when it becomes the hardest part to put on a brave face, put, be smiling and, and just push through it. Like it was the same for Greg at that race. Things weren't great, but he pushed through it. You know, that's why he's a world champion. That's why he can still do well in 40 plus when he really races. So anyway, guys, I know I sound like a preacher on a sermon up on his, his pulpit preaching a sermon, <clears throat> but we all get frustrated. I know I do too at a lot, but I'm learning to take my frustration, put my head down and just try to get things done. I get frustrated, flustered for a minute or five minutes, and then I think about it when I can think clearly, <clears throat> and I push forward. Same applies to RC. You're getting frustrated out during the track? Just calm down. Have a beer. Do whatever you want to do. Have a glass of water. Whatever you want to do, just calm down. We're fortunate to be able to be doing racing RC cars. And if once you calm down and think about it and be clear, think where you're going wrong as well. Think what you can do things better. Change this on your car, do this, whatever. You will be better because there's no perfect car. There's no perfect tire. There's nothing out there. There's nothing out there that will fix mindset besides you. All right. So that was more like a, not more of a rant. That was more like, what was that? Like, a, what's that? What's this? Uh, uh, what's the speakers that go up and say those things, Joseph? Self-help. Motivational. Motivational. That was kind of a motivational rant and that applies to everybody <clears throat> maybe i'm just talking out of my ass i don't know but it works for me all right joseph so <clears throat> this podcast was tedious we got it done we're sorry it's late but uh mother nature plus other things kind of stopped us please enjoy the interview with the polish punisher thank you everybody for the birthday wishes Thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. Please keep hashtagging us. <clears throat> if you're listening to this, this podcast today, uh, or, sorry, well, see, because I'm recording the rant on Monday, so that's why it's all mixed up. Uh, today is the launch of RCGP. Driven, Baptism of Fire. Check it out. Share it. Hashtag us, whatever. If you like it, you don't like it, just do it. Appreciate it. Uh, I want to do a little competition I want, uh, if, you, if you're listening to this today or listening to this week, please put up a picture on Instagram or Facebook of where you raced this past weekend or where you was, just period, and put hashtag Nitro is the Glory and hashtag NNRC, please. I want to have a little picture competition. I would prefer it to be of where you raced. Maybe it's just a picture of the track. Maybe it's a picture of your car or your pits or whatever. You just having a good time this weekend where you raced all over the world. Hashtag us NNRC squad or hashtag nitrous to glory or hashtag us both. And I want to share this up to my Instagram and Facebook. Thank you to everybody that supports us. Thank you to our patrons on Patreon. We can't uh, do this without you guys. Thank you to the NNRC squad around the world. Um, help us get this Facebook page up to 3000 and grow our IG. I appreciate it. And thank you to all the awesome countries. Um, I said this earlier, countries, awesome companies. <clears throat> Excuse me, my, my voice is going. 
that support us and that are they are Techno RC, JQ Racing, RCMX, Beach RC, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, Rob's Oil, Manscaped.com, JQ Threads, and check out my boy Wally. Comes on, helps us do the call-ins, get some of your stuff built. Thank you to all of these awesome companies that, that uh, support us. We can't do it without them. And, <clears throat> hey, if you're going to a race this weekend, have fun. Remember, Nitro is the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills. Joseph, do you have anything to say before we leave? <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. That was appropriate. Um, remember, if you ain't grinding, you're sliding. And always remember, hard, be hard work beats talent when talent don't work hard. Lefty, out. Thank you for listening to the No Name RC Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the support and love from you, the listeners. Without all of you, none of this is possible. Special thanks to our patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support the podcast further, you can at patreon.com forward slash NNRC Podcast. As a patron, you will receive early releases, special content, and patron-only giveaways. Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, www.nnrcpodcast.com. Remember, Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. If you aren't having fun, it doesn't make sense. And if you ain't grinding, you're sliding lefty out. Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory. Nitro is the glory.